0: Hearts MP Oliver Heald, leaving his post as Solicitor General. More from the BBC's political editor Nick Robinson.
1: The candidates to replace William Hague as Foreign Secretary are led by the Defence Secretary Philip Hammond. There are others we already know are leaving. The Welsh Secretary David Jones is gone. The Environment Secretary Owen Patterson, I believe, will effectively be fired. The Leader of the Commons, Andrew Lansley, and former Health Secretary, is gone as well. David Cameron is reshaping his party in anticipation of a general election and he's doing it much more radically than was once expected.
0: A rally is due to take place in Hertfordshire this morning in protest at the sacking of a firefighter. Ashley Brown was dismissed over comments he made on social media about strike action. An employment tribunal is set for September. Today's rally is outside the county council meeting in Hertford. Hospitals will today be given guidelines on how many nurses each ward should have. They'll recommend at least one nurse for every eight patients, a move which will increase the NHS nursing budget by around 5%. The life of a 20-year-old disabled man from Dunstable is being put in danger as a result of council cuts, according to his mother. Joshua Newman has experienced problems travelling by bus to Barnfield College ever since Borough Council withdrew funding for transport for the elderly and disabled. More from Tony Fisher. Joshua, who's registered blind and autistic, is able to travel for free during peak hours on
2: buses in central Bedfordshire. His mother says since May he's been refused access on buses in Luton during peak times because his pass is no longer valid in the borough. Brenda Brereton says this leaves him stranded and in danger. Luton Borough Council says the scheme, similar to the one operated by central Bedfordshire, was withdrawn in April this year in response to government funding cuts.
0: In sport, Brazil coach Luis Felipe Scolari has resigned after their fourth place finish at the World Cup and Milton Keynes-Dons cruised to a 6-0 win in their first pre-season friendly on their trip to Ireland. The weather brightening up after a cloudy start to leave warm sunny spells, a maximum temperature 23 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties
3: BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks There's so much going on here so much. And all this week we're featuring some of our North
4: Bedford your villages. Living rural, you have rural uh, atmosphere.
5: It's all about where you live. Everything you you want or your kids want, it's you don't have to go far. You don't have to be driving miles. You can just stick to the village.
3: The big tour of beds, hearts, and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Morning. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. What day is it? Is Tuesday? I'm it's, Tuesday. it's only Tuesday. Man alive. Man alive. I thought it was Wednesday at least. Maybe even a Thursday. It's not. It's a Tuesday. Lots coming up on the show, including a government gives Greenbelt go-ahead. Buff pass... bus pass beef for Barnfield Boy. And Justin Dealey busts a wheelie. Yes, really? Well, nearly. Ladies gentlemen, would you please give a round of applause for the woman who wrote that, Catherine Boyle. Thank you. Congratulations. Would, would, would you like to say anything?
7: I just want to thank um my parents.
6: Okay, okay, that's that's um I was hoping she was gonna say sorry, but no. Oh wait, fourth and also yes, call cool. we didn't have Do did we have any phone calls Roald from these. Dahl, oh, oh for goodness, him. stop it now. And, uh, did, okay. Did we have any calls from these slackers yesterday? Dennis called me. Right, okay. Don't call up to chat to the staff, Dennis. No, you
8: can, Dennis. Did yeah, we
6: have man. any calls? Apart from oh we had um communist Steve, Pinko Steve came on.
7: What's she called, that Pam? I wish I looked after
6: him. Oh, for goodness sakes, right. Okay, can we just, just have some calls, guys? Come and hang out. You don't have to talk about the boring stuff that we have to talk about.
7: They do. You do have to talk
6: about that. Well, I have to talk no, about No, they have to as well. They can just come and hang out. Uh, oh. oh, that's what's happening in Wally Webb's head. They can just come and hang out if they want, can't they, girls?
8: Yeah, totally. Did you want Echo then?
6: No, I, I wanted to open your microphone instead. We got this. No, I but we're not having that here so uh, there oh eight four five nine four double five five double five it's a Tuesday morning come on and hang out thing across beds hearts and bucks this is out, 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 radio. Coming out, coming out. I am I'm I'm not I'm not a fully functioning man today
7: yeah we noticed yeah huh? why
6: I slept so badly there so no, this is I the lie, common I, my goodness yeah I know but it's I'm hot, isn't it any <laughs> mild though it's
8: she, You're right, though it is. No, it's, yeah.
6: the thing is, right, they're actually going to... Right, I slept really badly. I was going to bring my colleagues into that conversation. Why are you playing a tiny violin? For you. Right, I slept really... You can just sit around for three hours watching Good Morning, This Is Britain, how are you doing now?
8: Can I, thanks. It is good, oh, go. for
6: goodness sakes. Right, OK. I'm not fully functioning, and it turns out neither of my team. What has got it into you today? Kelly, this is very rarely I said this, but you need to be a good influence on Mum today because she's in one of her moods, one of her silly moods. Missing
9: me. What?
8: Is that the word? No. Oh. oh. What song's this?
9: Oh, God.
10: Looking in your eyes, I see a paradise This world that I found is too good to be true Standing here beside you Want so much to give you Love in my heart and I'm feeling
9: Respect, but yeah.
6: Morning, this is Inley, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459, 455, Just as our team of hard-working reporters, and now we've got rid of all the slackers and the deadwood. It is a team purely comprising of hard-working reporters who were putting on their coats to go home last night. We got some breaking news. After an eight years wrangle, the government has approved plans for a rail freight terminal on the outskirts of St. Albans. The huge interchange now has planning permission at the old Radlett Aerodrome site at Park Street, something that will no doubt anger local com- campaigners who've been against the idea from the start. Justin Dealey can bring us up to date. Justin, this
11: has been bubbling away for a while, hasn't it? Mm, absolutely, Ian. Um, eight years, to be precise, um, and this uh, latest decision by the Secretary of State is significant, but by no means the end of the line. There's a, a real feeling amongst campaigners, and you will be talking to those a bit later on, That um, w- with uh, uh, MP as well as main that this is uh, one of those projects that the government is determined to push through regardless of, of any local objections and that feeling will only be soaked up further by this statement which has come in from the Department for Communities and local government spokesman uh, this was released last night uh, very special circumstances have been found to exist in this particular case uh, the local benefits brought by these proposals for a country park improvements to footpaths and bridleways and other transport upgrades and the lack of appropriate alternative locations have all been factors in deciding this case. Uh, the need for this rail infrastructure for London and the southeast has been given considerable weight and all of these elements combined have been found to clearly outweigh the harm to the landscape. So uh, essentially, yes, uh, we appreciate it's green belt, but uh, the country needs this thing to be built, so we're going to press on. It's not a done deal though, is it? No, and this is the interesting thing. Um, that There is this glimmer of hope for campaigners. The developers, Helioslough, well, they don't actually own the land, in. So at the moment, it belongs to Harpershire County Council, who are, of course, now going to be under enormous amount of pressure from the campaigners you'll be talking to, to hold out and refuse to sell. So it's not a done deal yet. Um, local MP Anne Main uh, is now saying she'll be pressing to sit down with St Albans Districts and to uh, agree to present a united front. Um, she wants Harpershear to consider working with St Albans to use the site for housing rather than handing the 140 hectares over to Helioslough, something that she says will be a greater long-term benefit for the people living in that area. What are St Albans saying about it? Well, not a lot to be fair so far. We were hoping to talk to them this morning, but instead they've sent us one of their statements. I know it's not great, but according to Councillor Julian Daly, who's uh, responsible for planning and conservation on St Albans City and District, uh, the Council is disappointed with this decision. Our position from the outset has been that building a rail freight interchange at this site will be harmful to the District's green belt. Any party wishing to challenge the decision in the High Court must do so no later than Friday the 22nd of August. August. Uh, he also goes on to say the council is carefully considering whether it has grounds to challenge the decision and is currently discussing this matter with its legal advisers. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that, but uh, it's not the end of the line with this one. In fact, you'll be talking to MP Anne Mayne as well as uh, campaigner Cathy Bolshaw in the course of the morning. These two ladies, Ian, they are not prepared for this to go ahead and they'll certainly be fighting it.
6: Justin, thank you very much uh, for that. Do you find feet sexy? Um, Some feet, yeah, if they're looked after, absolutely. I'm not a fan of feet. In the the sun is on fire today, by the way, guys. Uh, Not literally. Um, Well, the, the sun is the newspaper. Anyway, there's a thing about how to have sexy
11: feet. Some feet can be very sexy, as I say. And you know what? In terms of uh, massaging certain parts oh. of the body, um, if I wasn't working in radio, I think I'd be working in massage therapy. And there's a lot of and ladies, a lot of ladies out like there. I'd
6: like to hear that as oh. well. So. For me, the, for me, the best part of the body to be massaged yeah. is you'll get a firm grip. Really dig those fingers and thumbs into it nice and hard. Put as much pressure as you can on the head.
11: The head? The head. Indian head massage. Oh, I love a good head, head massage. Hey, listen, you should try the feet because I'll tell you what, that's a very good feeling. Would you suck my toes for me? I wouldn't go that far, but Just- i certainly massage them. Justin,
6: thank you very much indeed. Joyce is in Leegrave. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning. Would you like a, Do you find feet sexy? No, thank you.
12: No. Not that way. <laughs> no, I don't I
6: don't I don't get feet. I don't understand what there is that's even vaguely attractive about them. Horrible things. Well, I think well, I think so personally, but each to his own, eh. My feet have got um but uh, they've got a lump on the top. Oh. Big red lump that's quite hairy. Oh. Oh. Can you get it taken off? Does it hurt you when it you walk? It doesn't hurt at all. My, it's kind of. My dad had it, and I've. Uh, that's uh, pretty much yes. all I've inherited from him. Oh
12: well, that's a, that's all right. Then if it is hereditary. Yes. That's good.
6: No, no, Joyce, you've not called in to talk about my feet, or no, no, have no, you? No,
12: no, 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 I'm um, just going to say that. Don't forget it since Day today. I think.
6: Um, I hadn't. Uh, yeah. Well, I didn't. I uh, don't know what that means.
12: Forty days and forty nights. Whatever the weather is today, isn't
6: oh, it? Oh, like Groundhog Day.
12: Yeah. Anyway, I'm ringing up, really, to say I'm yes. off to dear Hans Danton today. Dear Hans Danton? Yeah. I'm going on a coach trip.
6: Fun Stanton, as we like to call it.
12: Hans Danton. It's beautiful. Von Stanton. You'd love it for the children.
6: Yeah. Mm. yeah there are a lot of children there, are there?
12: No, no, you can walk and walk, and it's an oldie, worldie little fair on oh, the end. OK. You'd, you'd quite enjoy it down there. OK. Good. And that's what I'm going to say Because we're what? going to yes. um, the, f- the friend I'm taking is my daughter's father-in-law yeah. And he always used to cycle Our generation couldn't afford a car In the early days, no. you know yeah. And um, then it was A little old banger and everything else
6: You were a, you were a what, sorry? <laughs> a Joyce, Joyce stay there one second, Nicola <laughs> Yes We we'll just listen to Joyce and Leegrave Telling us she's going to Fun Stanton Yeah, it sounds exciting You sound like you're in a box again Do I? Yeah. Anyway, don't don't matter. Anyway, Joyce, carry on. No, you don't. No, she
12: does. (laughs) She does. (laughs) And uh, he hasn't been on a coach trip, right? Yeah. Who? My daughter's father-in-law. Wow. Okay? So... I I thought it'd be rather nice for him because after the bicycle, couldn't have put a car for a little while. Then a little banger of a car, and I Uh thought it'd be rather nice to take him on a coach trip so we can look at the
6: view for a change. Well, isn't that marvellous? Well, I'm hoping it's going to be. Don't sit near the toilet; it stinks. (laughs) Joyce, have a lovely time. Thank you very much indeed. What, what have you never done as a father-in-law? Call me now. I wait for five, nine, five, 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 five. Travel news for beds,
13: hards and bugs.
14: BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading northbound. There's a lane closed at the moment on the exit slip road just at Junction 11 for Dunstable Road due to a broken down van there. Also in on there's one lane closed at the moment on the Great Cambridge Road. That's heading southbound between Church Lane and College Road. Some emergency repairs taking place at the moment to a collapsed manhole there. The M25 in both directions between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 27, the M11, building up due to those major roadworks taking place there. No reported Problems or delays to the trains. And Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio.
11: Thank you, Nicola.
6: Gosh, look at the time. We're late. It's 6.18. It's Tuesday, the 15th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Plans for a massive rail freight terminal on Greenbelt land on the outskirts of St Albans have been given the go-ahead by the government. Secretary of State Eric Pickles has approved the application by Helio Slough for the former Radlett Aerodrome site. The Defence Secretary, Philip Hammond, is expected to be the new Foreign Secretary following William Hague's decision to stand down in the government shuffle. And a rally's due to take place in Hertfordshire this morning in protest at the sacking of a firefighter for comments he made on social media about strike action. As you've heard it's pretty much anything goes today so why don't you just call up, you know, and have like a chat and stuff. 08459 455 555
3: BBC Three Counties Radio
13: Glasgow 2014, scores to be settled.
10: Every time I get up, that's the first thought in my mind.
13: Bragging rights to be won.
15: You're not ready for what we've got. You ain't trained hard enough.
13: And they call this the Friendly Games.
0: I'm going to walk through everyone. I'm ready.
2: I'm ready. See you in Glasgow.
13: The Commonwealth Games, coming soon across the BBC.
6: Soft Rock Day here on BBC, of trees. Three Counties Radio, and um, exciting news that uh, on Nick Coffer's show today, Peter Satira will be coming in to uh, promote a gig he's doing uh, in St Albans. Is, later that, on, is that right? Later on in the month, Peter Satira live on Nick Coffer a little bit later on from midday.
7: Is it Satira or Cetera? Like etcetera?
6: Satira. Oh, no one's called Peter Cetera. I thought he was. He's called, I've never really? said
7: it out loud before. I... No. When would I? <laughs>
6: Exactly, you, you wouldn't, would you? Oh wait, it's come and hang outy Tuesday. Oh wait, nine four double five five double five. We're just chilling, just chilling with my homies. Yeah, that, you. That, that'll be me. You're my homie. Now on to slightly more serious things. A Dunstable woman says her disabled son's being put at risk by two councils' inability to work together. Quite incredible story. Brenda Brereton's twenty-year-old son Joshua is blind and autistic, and uses his free bus pass to travel to college in Luton. Well. That's what he tries to do, because once he leaves Dunstable, his bus pass is no longer accepted, and on more than one occasion he's been left stranded. Catherine has been looking into this. What's the problem here?
7: Okay, so Joshua, and we'll be speaking to Joshua's mum later on in the programme, but Joshua is registered blind and autistic, and he's studying at Barnfield College in Luton. So to get there in the morning, he has to use his bus pass, which in Central Bedfordshire is free at all times. Problem comes when he gets to the border with Luton at Silver Street, where he has to change buses. Now that service falls under Luton Borough Council's jurisdiction. And because of recent cuts, his bus pass is no longer free at peak times, which is when he needs to get into college. Mm. His mother says this has led to him being left standing at the side of the road, which obviously, given his disabilities, can lead him feeling distressed and confused.
6: So is this putting
7: him off his education? Yep. His mum has told us that now he's reluctant to travel into Barnfield College. And because he's autistic, any change in his normal routine can really upset him greatly, she told us. She said there was one occasion where he was told he couldn't travel on the bus in Luton and so he had to get off. Brenda phoned a who said his bus pass was valid for travel in Luton, so he then eventually caught up another another bus, which ended up being stopped by the police for an unrelated matter. Oh. But again, that's disruption to his usual routine, and yeah. Joshua does not take very well to that at all. He was very distressed and he was late for college. And um, Brenda told us that the problems this has caused have been horrendous, and the fact they don't offer the off-peak services left my son stranded at the side of the road, and that puts him in all sorts of danger. She's calling on Luton Borough Council to look at the whole picture and take the needs of the elderly and disabled into account. She she says they need to consider those that have to get around at peak times for a good reason, like her
6: son. How long has this been going on for?
7: Well, since Lutonborough Council withdrew the funding for peak travel that happened in April, so at the start of the new financial year, Brenda has told us that's when things started to become confusing. Ariva told them that it was fine for Joshua to continue travelling on his bus pass because he started his journey in central Bedfordshire. But then in May, things suddenly changed and the trouble is, she says, if Joshua is told to get off the bus, this is the problem because his pass isn't valid and so if he has to get on to another bus doesn't have the mental capacity to argue, Mm. just gets off the bus and doesn't know what to do. At one time, he ended up getting a taxi to college without knowing for sure if it was a bona fide taxi... Or not, you know, could have been anybody. So she's worried that he's been put in danger.
6: What's the Luton C- Borough Council saying?
7: We um, were hoping to speak to them on the program this morning. We were given a statement. Um, the previous 24-hour enhancements to the scheme, similar to those currently operated in Central Bedfordshire, were withdrawn in April this year in response to government funding cuts to enable the council to continue delivering sustainable key services for local people. Each local authority operates school and college transport schemes for pupils and students with special educational needs and disabilities. We encourage any parents and carers whose children have difficulty accessing school or college to contact the council for home-to-school travel advice. But so he's 20, he's exactly. not a kid. Exactly, he's hardly a child, and if he is having this kind of problem, then there'll be other people out there. This is her argument, that if you are a disabled person who is tra- using the bus to travel to work, you're going to want to go at peak times. What?
6: Well, it does amaze me what uh, the, the, what we do to our most vulnerable people. Uh, we're speaking to the mum later on, aren't we? We
7: are indeed, yeah, and if you're out there and you've encountered something similar, give us a shout, please.
3: Call
6: 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I d- I'm confused by this thing in the... Su- the Sun is, is is on top form today. All right. Yeah. E- every story...
7: in yesterday. Every
6: story is a winner, including... If a su- if the Sun can't find me a man, I'll go lesbian. Because
7: that's the way it works, of
6: course. Casey Bachelor is considering becoming a lesbian unless the Sun can help her bag a boyfriend. Hmm. So She's considering a
7: becoming a lesbian to get more photographs in the sun. I think that's the subtext I'm there.
6: considering becoming a gay. Are you? I'm considering it, yes. If things at home don't improve, I'm going to become a gay. I've okay. decided. I think I might. Are
7: you sure you're... Um, I think that's how it works. Have you
6: thought this through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like guys. I like Scoines. Scoines is a nice guy. Um, guy. Gay guys just sit around playing Xbox all the time, yeah? Um, I can do that. Playing Xbox and eating pizza? I, I can do that. If anyone wants to be my gay boyfriend, I'm here. Another thing I don't get in the sun is how... The the, the, the sun, it's the me section. What does that stand for? Me. Oh, all about you. How to nail sexy feet. Now, look look at those feet. Are those feet... Ooh, they're hairy. He's got tufts. They're like Richard Keys' feet. Or uh, Hobbit feet. Yes, all I can see from the feet is he's probably a Greek man. I'm I'm guessing his nationality from uh, feet. Uh, And then it's... Oh, look at that one. I used, terrib- the, uh, I used to have terrible... I used to have terrible burukas. My whole heel was covered in about Once 50 you get grupas. one
7: and you don't treat them, they start to run.
6: Uh, afraid to bear your feet to the world this summer? Don't worry, you're not alone. Nearly half of women are embarrassed to wear flip-flops, with one in five men feeling the same. So if your tootsies... I've never seen that word written down. Tootsies. Yes. ...are more barbarous than beautiful... What? Um, oh, it's just telling you how to get rid of athletes' feet, smelly feet, cracked heels. Who cares if you've got cracked heels?
7: This is also another way of body shaming people, things that you don't normally see. Let's be ashamed of them.
6: I don't like, I don't, know. no, I agree with this. Don't don't they're show f- your feet.
7: Your feet are feet, aren't they? Yeah, there's a horrible. limited amount of beauty you can get out of them. They're disgusting. They're useful,
6: don't they? Eh? Well, uh, listen, where would we be without feet? Nowhere. Well, here, but then we wouldn't be able to move anywhere else unless someone pushed me in this chair that's got wheels on. Yeah. And that would only be if they had feet to do it. So, so feet
7: we, are necessary.
6: Feet uh, de- are... We can definitely agree on that. Uh, but I don't like people showing their feet. There's nothing erotic about a foot. You
7: don't like a bit of this?
6: Oh, my gosh. Where did you get them from? Hobbit shop. Ooh, horrible. What? Tells, are you a fan of feet?
8: I'm a fan of my own feet.
6: Can you do that? Can you suck your own toes?
7: Uh. Yeah, yes, I, can. I can as yeah, well, but I'm not doing it. It in this skirt. Um, excuse
8: me. Hello, mate. I'm a bit confused by what's going on here. It seems like you're doing the paper review, but we haven't had travel and news.
6: No, yet. no, no, no. I wasn't doing the paper review. I was looking at the me section.
8: Ah, uh, okay, it's fine. Is, you,
6: is yeah, that all right? Fine. Yes. Yeah, Papers sorry. coming up after this. Don't panic.
13: Travel news for beds, hards, and bugs.
14: BBC Three Counties Radio heading northbound there's a lane closed at the moment on the exit slip road just at Junction 11 for Dunstable Road that's due to a broken down van there also one lane closed on the Great Cambridge Road heading southbound between Church Lane and College Road some emergency repairs taking place there at the moment to a collapsed manhole so do approach with care the M25 in both directions between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 27 the M11 do expect delays there those major road works are continuing there so far this morning there's no reported problem or delays to the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio.
13: Across beds, hearts and bugs.
3: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Plans for a massive rail freight terminal on Greenbelt land on the outskirts of St Albans have been given the go-ahead by the government. Secretary of State Eric Pickles has approved the application by Helio Slough for the former Radlett Aerodrome site. The Defence Secretary, Philip Hammond, is expected to be the new Foreign Secretary following William Hague's decision to stand down in the government reshuffle and a rally is due to take place in Hertfordshire this morning in protest at the sacking of a firefighter for comments he made on social media about strike action.
13: Three Counties Sports.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Brazil coach Luis Felipe Scolari has resigned after their fourth place finish at the World Cup. The BBC's South American football correspondent Tim Vickery says it's not a big shock after the defeats by Germany and Holland.
16: Coaching Brazil is like this it's it's like sitting in a coconut shy. Um, You know you're going to get things thrown at you. Uh, and uh, if you lose seven one and three nil at home, you know you
0: get you're going to get some very heavy things thrown at you. So I don't think there's any surprise here whatsoever. Milton Keynes Dons cruise to a six nil win in their first pre season friendly on their trip to Ireland. The goal scorers against St James's Gate included Delhi Alley with two and new signing Tom Hitchcock. The Dons played Rockford this evening. Also this evening, Stevenage make the short trip to Barnet. One of Luton's new signings, defender Paul Connolly, says they can repeat the success of last season in League Two. The Hatters are back from their Portugal training camp. Connolly says it's a strong squad.
17: You can tell why why they were so successful last year. So for me... It can only be a good thing because I'm joining a successful team. Okay, it was a level below but I don't think there's much between the levels so I really think this, the success from last year will just kick us right on.
0: Olympic champion Mo Farah says he faces a race against time to be fit for this month's Commonwealth Games. Ian Poulter is an injury concern in the build-up to the Open Golf which begins on Thursday at Royal Liverpool. Woburn-based Poulter had a scan yesterday after sustaining a wrist injury during last week's Scottish Open where he missed the cut. And two-time champion Albert Alberto Contador is the latest big name to crash out of the Tour de France after breaking his leg on Stage 10. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. the next full bulletin is at 7. Call
3: 08459 455 555.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, guys. It's come and hang outy Tuesday. You can just come and hang outy with us. 08459 455 555. We only had one phone call yesterday, and it was very poor quality. It was Pinko Steve. We had more than one. I, did, I only spoke to one person. No,
7: we had more than
6: one. I was very, very drunk yesterday, so there is a strong chance I wouldn't remember what happened.
7: Yeah, well, I remember, and there was more than one. There might have been
6: two. I don't get the problem with dressing like a Nazi. Right. I don't get the problem with it. Why is this come into your mind? Um, because I'm shopping online for some new <laughs> clothes. <No. laughs> the Sun, page seven, exclusive, Parent Fury, Grange, Hale. 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 As in? Hale Hitler. But I'd yeah. say Hale Hitler. I just did the salute. Gosh, I'm so sorry. I would say Hale Hitler. Hale Hitler. Hale. Hale Hitler. Okay.
7: Okay, stop saying that now.
6: Grange Heil. Hale. Teacher dresses as Nazi called Helga Das Reich. A teacher at a school for troubled kids, don't know if that's relevant, poses in SS uniform. One of a series of Nazi-themed photos that will anger parents. Now that well, they've seen it, them in the sun. Yeah. Louise Robertson, 32, calls herself Helga Das Reich on a social media page in a reference to Hitler's Third Reich. She's posted photos of herself wearing SS cap with its... De- she, she's so she went to a
7: party and she put it on Facebook? Is that is that it?
6: Yes, and there's more to it, OK? Go. Historical reenactments fan. Oh. Miss Robertson also showed off pictures of Nazi memorabilia and a Christmas tree with swastika baubles. She teaches trouble youngsters aged uh, 11 to 14. Um,
7: She's not advocating um, killing massive swathes of the population or anything like that, is she?
6: I'm just reading the story to make sure. No, no, she isn't. She's dressing up in Nazi clothes. Now, listen, of course, I'm not in any way condoning what the Nazis did. You'd be a fool to do that uh, horrible, horrible, distasteful actions uh, in the Second World War and uh, before and after. But if she is an historical uh, reenactment thing fan... Something I don't quite understand. Well, what's the difference between dressing like that and dressing like a Viking or dressing like um, roundheads and Cavaliers? Cavaliers yeah. or, 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 you
7: know, it's- you can't have one without Tother, surely?
6: It's it, it, it's an historical outfit.
7: Was her mistake putting it on Facebook and making it available to someone who sent it to the papers? It's not really her friend. Maybe she doesn't know them.
6: Possibly. Am I right? This, uh, uh, listen, as long as you're not going around goose-stepping up and down Golders Green, which Keith Moon and Viv Stanchel did in the 70s rather famously, and everyone thought, oh, that's just a little bit of funny band." Uh, as long as you, you know, it, 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 I don't see a real problem with this.
7: Charlie Chaplin, at the time, dressed up as Hitler and mimicked him. That was satire, democracy. wasn't it? That was satire. Yeah, I suppose so. The Three Stooges I don't think she's well. saying that what happened was good. She's just um, I reenacting.
6: I don't see a problem with it. Oh, eight four five nine four double five
7: five double five. Are we supposed to whitewash them out of history now, not not mention them ever again?
6: I wouldn't say whitewash. Uh, so there's a, a sad story: a toddler funeral, toddler's oh, no. funeral. Very, very sad. In um, uh, I don't know, like Mexico or something, the Philippines. So the open coffin, and then the baby moves. Oh, my goodness. A toddler is lifted from her coffin by a stunned mourner at her funeral after seeming to wake up. Grieving relatives saw the three-year-old girl apparently moving her head when they opened the casket lid moments before the church service. Um, uh, They'd been pronounced dead the day before, uh, but a pulse was found. Oh, and then she died again.
7: Oh, that's awful. That's a
6: sad story, isn't it? Yeah, it was oh, a miracle and they started again. I, did, oh, I, didn't, I didn't read the ending. <laughs> oh, that's
7: so
8: sad.
6: Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't read the ending, Kelly.
7: Maybe you should have.
6: Always read the ending, guys. Always read the ending.
7: A restaurant owner's been told he must split his £1 million pound Euro Euro millions winnings. What? with the waiter who made him buy a ticket after dreaming about a jackpot win. What?! There's Whoa. so much in that, isn't
6: there? Go through that. Go give me the maths of that relationship okay. again. A
7: restaurant owner yes. has been told he must split his £1 million pound Euro Euro millions winnings right. with the waiter who made him buy a ticket after dreaming oh, about that a jackpot is win. B- bullshine. Fatih Ozkan. What? Had, yes, that's his name. <laughs> ...had a vision what? of himself... Fatih Ozkan.
6: Yes. Hang on a second, forget the rest of the story. That man's called Fatty Ozcan. Oh,
7: hang on a minute, there's another name in here. Enjoy. had a vision of himself holding a large bundle of
6: cash. Skinny stand, Standing in front of right, the other fella. Shlessana. Sorry. Uh,
7: he had this dream about him holding a who's, who's
6: Fatty Ozcan?
7: He's the waiter.
6: He had the dream? He
7: had the dream about himself holding a large bundle of cash and standing in front of him was his boss. A court heard. It got to court. Are we paying for this? We need to find out. The next morning, Mr. Ozkan pestered his Oskan. manager.
6: Yes. What's the other guy? Hyattie Kukukyola. Kukukyola, I am he and you are we. No, I've got it wrong.
7: Forgive me. Kukukyola.
6: Kukukyola.
7: Yes. For three hours. He pestered him for three hours till he finally agreed to play the Euro Millions Lottery. I am
6: the Eggman. Mr.
7: Ozkan was dispatched to buy the ticket, but after the draw, the, the this is restaurant very complicated. Claim to be the sole winner. So.
6: It's not to do with the dream at all.
7: It's the restaurant owner's ticket. I don't understand how he's been ordered to pay half. I've got an idea.
8: Yes, Kels. Why don't we just read the end of the story?
6: Yes, I th- yes.
8: And that's it. And then we work out what the beginning would have been.
6: Okay, uh, okay. Story. Here's a story. Here's the Go on. No, I have right. got papers. Here's, here's, okay, here's. Catherine's furious about that, by the way.
7: I'm trying to work it out. I'm not furious.
8: Okay. I'm puzzled.
6: Draw, draw a picture. Look, 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 that's what she looked like when she was at school, and she was studying really hard. Go back into the pose.
8: Oh, hand on head.
6: Okay, try and work out the end. Try and work out what this story is. This is a fun game, actually, Kelly. Thanks. Last line: the family is changing the handles. (laughs) (laughs) The family is changing the handles. Is
8: it a serious story about burglary?
6: It's a serious story. Uh, It's not about burglary.
8: Has the person involved lost their hands, so they now need to find a new way of opening doors? So they've changed the handles so that they can get through the you doors. Can open in the a, house. You can
6: open a handle with your with your with elbow. Your yeah, elbow,
8: that's Or oh, with your chin. I've done do it with my foot. Unless it's
6: a, a round doorknob, you, you can't. You Maybe can't.
8: they had doorknobs.
6: No, they definitely. Well, the family is changing the handles. It's a mm. great story. I'll tell you what it is after Peter Setira. Setira.
10: Sometimes I just fall
6: Ter- Pe- um, Peter. Yeah, Peter. Peter, Peter, Peter. Now. Pete C. So we're playing um, the. Uh, guess the story from the last line of the story, okay? Just a reminder, Kelly. Mm-hmm. The last line of this story is The family is changing the handles.
8: I've already guessed, though.
6: You can have another guess.
8: Oh, can I have another line then? Sorry? Can I have another oh, line? the of- story.
6: Okay, you the I'll give you the two paragraphs before?
8: Paragraphs.
6: Well they're lines. Okay. Alex added it wasn't gory, it was so neatly in, it was if it had been professionally put there. William of Blackpool had four stitches in his coin sized wound. Mm. Catherine's retching.
8: And then the line. The family yeah, the family's
6: changing the, changing the
8: handles. handles. I think it is about the someone losing their hand so they have to cho-
6: Don't mind. Door blimey. Boy 12 impales arm on handle as he runs past. (laughs) The whole handle is in his arm. Fair
7: enough. I often get caught in the pocket with the handle.
6: Yeah, oh, all the yes, time. Right. And they drag you back into the room. Yeah. A boy missed severing a major artery by millimetres when he impaled his arm on a door handle. Didn't JVS? Yes, he had some
7: new houses and they'd put these kind of sharp very handles sharp handles, on, handles in. Yeah. And
6: everyone was grazing themselves on these new... I wonder if this is the same handles. I wonder. William Tattershaw, 12, probably deserved it, was running down a... Ho- probably didn't. He may Shouldn't have Shouldn't be
7: running inside.
6: Yes. Was running down a hall at home when his left arm Ooh. caught the handle Ooh. and got stuck fast. Paramedics took William to hospital with it still wedged in his arm. He Ooh. said, so I got a minute, right? What's brilliant is there is a picture of him with his arm, the handle in his arm up against the door. And then they go to the hospital with just the handle. So his dad has gone, stay there, son. Where's my screwdriver? Where's it? Have you seen my screwdriver? It would be
8: funny if their logic was different and instead of just taking the handle, they thought they had to take the (laughs) the whole
6: door. (laughs) Ah! But that would be tricky. That's tricky to get a door handle off. Oh, without wiggling it about. Uh, he said yesterday, it felt quite painful. I was worried. It was, and I was worrying it would be, get quite serious. I felt like I was going to collapse. It was a blunt pain.
8: But when you're a 12 year old lad, I mean, I haven't ever been one, but I hope to be one day. I just imagine that sort of thing would be cool. Yeah. To, like check. It's this. a
6: story, definitely, isn't it? Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. What parts of your house have you had impaled in you? Yeah. Oh, I may regret asking that. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
3: BBC
14: Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading northbound still. A lane closed on the exit slip road just at Junction 11 for Dunstable. as due to a broken down a van there. Rather slow moving on the A1 heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Apex Corner on camera. And on the A10 Great Cambridge Road, there's a lane closed at the moment. And that's between Church Lane and College Road. There's a collapsed manhole there, says so emergency repairs are taking place at the moment to approach with care. On the trains, no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Thank you, Nicola. 6.47, it's Tuesday the 15th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Plans for a massive rail freight terminal on Greenbelt land on the outskirts of St Albans have been given the go-ahead by the government. The application by developers Helio Slough is for the former Radlett Aerodrome site. The Defence Secretary, Philip Hammond, is expected to be the new Foreign Secretary following William Hague's decision to stand down in the government reshuffle. And a rally is due to take place in Hertfordshire this morning in protest at the sacking of a firefighter for comments he made on social media about strike action. What parts of your house have you had stuck in you 08459 five nine four let's get the weather here's kate
18: beds hearts and bucks weather
13: bbc three counties radio
18: Good morning. It's a rather dull and cloudy start to the day right the way across all three counties. We could even see one or two spots of light rain and drizzle coming out of that cloud as well. But it's a warm start. The temperature overnight didn't drop down too far at all. So it's quite a muggy start to the day. Eventually this cloud will start to, feel, uh, start to break up thin and separate. We should get some sunny spells. Maximum temperature 24 Celsius 75 degrees in Fahrenheit. Now eventually by this evening we should get some evening sunshine actually just before it sets. The cloud moves Moving away completely overnight and leaving it dry and clear. The wind light, minimum temperature away from towns and cities 13 and possibly a bit warmer if you're in a built up area. So for tomorrow, warm, dry, sunny, perhaps clouding over in the afternoon, bringing a shower or two, but it's going to feel warm. It's the start of our very humid air arriving. The maximum tomorrow, 26 Celsius. That's your forecast. Every weekday
1: morning from 9. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop?
19: Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong?
6: We've actually got an open doors
20: policy.
19: I am just so angry listening to some of them people.
12: What
20: the government will do, they'll start introducing American type sentencing like 200 years in prison. The JVS
3: Show British people are not xenophobic Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio Call 08459
6: 455 555 BBC Three Counties Radio The worst night's sleep last night Guys? And there's
7: nothing on the telly
6: Well, I was in bed I I don't really watch telly anymore I, I was going to get up and watch a film at uh, half past two in the morning.
7: Why? Because you, you were awake? I,
6: listen, I know you're not, in, I know you're not interested. No,
7: I'm so. absolutely
6: moderately interested. Well, what was on? Just, I, no, I don't, I don't know what you did, but just try and show a little bit of... Do
7: you know what's on? Right, this is at night time, when people out. are at home and ha- having worked really hard all day. Yeah. Tonight, from six o'clock, Eggheads...
6: I like eggheads. Who's hosting this one? Dermot. Yeah. Oh, I prefer Merham. it when it's when it's uh, Jeremy. But okay. fine. Flog
7: it. Trade secrets at six thirty. This is on BBC Two. Useful. Then it's just it's an hour of cake. Paul Hollywood's pies and pud's. Oh, like we're going holidays. to be tasting some cake. No, we're going to be looking at some drawings of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge's wedding cake. So, what? we watched a party we weren't invited to. She, and now I we can look at their cake. I don't know what she's
6: actually talking about. Now.
8: Mary Berry Cooks. Why didn't it's a fact. Read? It's a statement. What? Why didn't you read yesterday when you were struggling to sleep?
6: I was, um, uh, good because I wanted to try and get back to sleep. I went on Twitter yeah, and, t- and posted some about funny Twitter pictures.
8: Please. But Twitter and things like that keep you awake. You shouldn't have your phones well, by your bed at night. But I
6: was awake.
8: Yeah, but they will keep you awake
6: I, was, I keep, was awake but you
8: were trying to sleep
6: well I, after 40 minutes of being unable to sleep uh, I decided to go on Twitter and post pic- a picture of me in a Sinclair C5 oh well,
7: let's have a look what? there's one thing that's good that's on tonight but we'll be in bed separately um, 56 up do you remember 7 up Yeah. Well, now they're fifty-six. Another chance to see the twenty-twelve installment.
6: Uh, What is great about Seven Up is I bought the box set. Have you? Have you? I've got the whole box set. I
7: love that program.
6: I I bought the box set, and then three months later, fifty-six up came out. I was like, oh! So I crammed them all in. It's
7: kind of sad,
8: isn't it? Isn't it it a drink?
6: Uh, It is sad. It is sad, but it's good.
8: It's a bit like I Lemonade. I might watch the DVD
6: again. Sorry? A
8: bit like Lemonade. OK.
6: Both of you are really um, not focusing on the fact that I had a terrible night's right, okay. sleep So yes, yeah, So
8: did I, but you don't care. We.
7: No one cares.
6: Yeah, we should have phoned each other up. We should have come into work early and um, taken hey, over the radio. You should have
7: had a kitchen party.
8: Yeah,
6: totes. Totes. Oh,
7: I was awake, but I wasn't standing up awake. I
8: would have stood up.
6: I could have stood up.
8: We could have texted each other. We could have FaceTimed. Oh,
10: always alone Boys, I'm surprised how well you cut my feelings to the bone.
6: Actual instruments were used in the recording of that song, so 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 don't panic, guys.
7: Apart from Pat Benatar.
6: Well, don't, are you calling her an instrument? She's an instrument. She's an instrument of the mass media, man, and we're just uh, puppets in her game.
7: She's a soft rock legend. Seven seconds on a zigzag line cost a driver a seventy-pound fine. That almost rhymed. Good. She
6: deserves this. Charity. I'm glad you picked that.
7: Charity volunteer was hauled before a haul Hauled. Do you think they actually got her by the scruff hold. of her neck? And fined £70 for parking outside a school... Seven seconds. She uh, parked where
6: she's not supposed to park, and outside a school. Mm. Yeah, carry
7: on. Let's let's see, hero Winging. Joyce Sale seventy-one was forced All to right. cough up sev- ten pounds for every second she spent on zigzag lines where you're not supposed to park. Yeah. When she tried to drop off leaflets oh, promoting a charity singing oh, contest. Right. Oh the right. The grandmother. Oh, they're tugging our heartstrings by uh, seventy-one
6: charity worker grandmother
7: had pulled over at St Benedict's Infant School. In it's s- an
6: infant school.
7: It is in small Heath, Birmingham, and was caught on camera by a mobile CCTV van. She then lost an appeal over the fine, which equated to a shocking hourly rate, says the Daily Express, impartially, of £36,000. No, she's paying £70. She never left her car.
6: So... She parked where she wasn't supposed to park. The zigzag lines outside of a school, there is a sign she got caught. What's her beef?
7: I pick up my daughters every day from school. Yeah. Sometimes I have to go in the car because we're going on somewhere else. I never park outside the school. You're not I'm supposed never, to park a- ever, ever.
6: Even if you're a 71-year-old charity worker trying to drop off some leaflets. Yeah.
7: There is an agreement with a local supermarket, which is a bit of a walk away. Mm. You can park there, you can walk across, you're not annoying anyone.
6: You're there not outside be... anyone's drive. Let's put this out there. There can't be anybody listening to this show who thinks that she has this woman has been wronged.
7: Zigzag lines outside an in infant school means that you need to be able to oh, see to cross the road
6: safely. It was only seven seconds. Tough. Tough. Well listen, if you if you take a punt, if you take a parking punt, uh then you if you take a parking punt, then you're um uh, courageous.
7: Uh, can I say something um, possibly controversial? It's going to annoy people.
6: Ooh,
7: uh, yeah, go on. Why she's seventy-one year old charity worker, and she's got some leaflets. Yeah. How much time does she need, really? I mean, she could just park somewhere convenient and walk.
6: Time may not be on her side.
7: <laughs> I wasn't saying it because of that. Oh. Just saying that she's probably retired, Pl- plenty of time.
6: Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. This woman deserves everything that the uh, the law has thrown her way. I think surely. Very quickly, two great things. Brilliant pictures inside the that boat that sank. Mm-hmm. That they, they finally um, pumped it up yesterday, they lifted it yesterday. Brilliant pictures inside inside of the, like the Titanic, the Costa Concordia, whatever it is. And then there's another thing here. Look, there's, t- there's, there's so many stories today. One in four under thirties are still living with their parents.
7: Yeah. Well, is that news? They that can't news? afford to move out.
6: Risks of giving... and also under thirties that can mean like kids. Yes. Risks of giving children medicine by the spoonful. Using a spoon to measure medicine for children can lead to potentially dangerous dosing mistakes. Potentially. Parents are encouraged to use droppers and syringes which measure in millimeters giving precise... Med- oh, for goodness sake. Give, give them a spoonful. Give them. We all know, don't we, and I'm sure this is the official BBC line, we all know that the, the measurements on the back of those bottles, that's just a guideline, isn't it? Isn't it? Is that not... It's a, it's a guideline for good reason. Yeah, but it's like it's, it's like a it's like a serving suggestion. No, it's, it's not.
0: Isn't it?
6: We recommend five milliliters. You go a bit over that; it doesn't matter. It's only medicine. Uh, I, think, I think it does matter. Is that not the official BBC no, no, line? No, I need to have a word with you about that. Okay, let's let's
13: discuss that thing. As far as the line, travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
14: BBC Three Counties Radio. Approaching the roadworks at the Black Cat Roundabout on the Great North Road, starting to build up a bit now on the speed sensors. The M1 heading northbound, there's a lane closed at the moment on the exit slip road, just at Junction 11 for Dunstable, due to a broken down van there. Taking a look at Great Cambridge Road, there's one lane closed at the moment, heading southbound between Church Lane and College Road. Some emergency repairs are taking place there. No reported problems or delays to the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Thank you, Nicola. So, a pensioner, a charity worker, parks for seven seconds where she's not supposed to park and gets a £70 fine. I don't see the problem with that. I I say it's well-deserved.
3: Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks.
13: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, government backs St Albans Rail Freight Terminal, Hammond for Hague in Cabinet Reshuffle and bus pass row for Dunstable Disabled Man.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Plans for a massive rail freight terminal on Greenbelt Land on the outskirts of St Albans have been given the go-ahead by the Government. Secretary of State Eric Pickles has approved the application by Helioslough for the former Radlett Aerodrome site, although Hertfordshire County Council owns the land. More from Carol Abercrombie you
15: for eight years, the application has been consistently turned down by St Albans District Council and has met with opposition by locals in the Park Street area. It's gone through the High Court and two public inquiries. In his decision, the Secretary of State said the benefits of the development clearly outweigh the harm to the Greenbelt, citing the need for a strategic rail freight interchange serving London and the South East.
0: The Defence Secretary, Philip Hammond, is heavily tipped to become the next Foreign Secretary following the announcement that William Hague would be standing down in the government reshuffle. The Beaconsfield MP Dominic Grieve is expected to leave his position as Attorney-General, with North East Hearts MP Oliver Heald leaving his post as Solicitor-General. The BBC's political correspondent Chris Mason says David Cameron wants to freshen up the Conservative team.
1: I think it's about
0: being, as critics see it,
1: less male, less stale. So you expect more women in prominent roles expects women being pushed forward to talk to us on the radio, on the telly, on the sofas and all the rest of it because there has been that perception that the Conservatives have come across as posh and southern and blokey. So they will do their best, I think, to try and
0: address that. Her rally is due to take place in Hertfordshire this morning in protest at the sacking of a firefighter. Ashley Brown was dismissed over comments he made on social media about strike action. An employment tribunal is set for September. Today's rally is outside the county council meeting in Hartford. Hospitals will today be given guidelines on how many nurses each ward should have. They'll recommend at least one nurse for every eight patients, a move which will increase the NHS nursing budget by around 5%. The life of a 20-year-old disabled man from Dunstable is being put in danger as a result of council cuts, according to his mother. Joshua Newman has experienced problems travelling by bus to Barnfield College ever since Borough Council withdrew funding for transport for the elderly and disabled. More from Tony Fisher. Joshua, who's registered blind and autistic, is able to travel for
2: free during peak hours on buses in central Bedfordshire. His mother says since May he's been refused access on buses in Luton during peak times because his pass is no longer valid in the borough. Brenda Brereton says this leaves him stranded and in danger. Luton Borough Council says the scheme, similar to the one operated by central Bedfordshire, was withdrawn in April this year in response to government funding cuts.
0: In sport, Brazil coach Luis Felipe Scolari has resigned after their fourth place finish at the World Cup and Milton Dons cruise to a 6-0 win in their first pre-season friendly on their trip to Ireland. The weather brightening up after a cloudy start to leave warm sunny spells, a maximum temperature 23 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. When you go out, even just walking your dog of an evening, people will stop and chat to you. It's all about where you
0: It's a gorgeous village, very picturesque. It has a lovely mill.
3: And all this week, we're featuring some of our North Bedfordshire villages.
9: It's a good old, old community, a bit like the hot fuzz community. The big tour of
3: Beds, Hearts and Bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Here we go, here we go. Four minutes past seven, it's Tuesday. Lots to talk about this morning, including... If you live in Radlit, Oh, dear, 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 oh, dear. Government gives Greenbelt go-ahead. Bus pass beef for Barnfield Boy. And Justin Daly busts a wheelie. Nearly. Doesn't at all. And also, it's kind of hangouty Tuesday. You just phone up and have a chat, and it? I don't mind. wait, 459 455 555...
3: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
13: This is BBC Three Counties
6: Radio. We're also asking, and just just be decent, please. After a young lad got a door handle stuck in his arm, what have you had stuck in your body? Uh, just answer it carefully. We've or, already had some flippant comments on Twitter that or, I won't repeat.
7: I've had an oil drizzler spout stuck in my arm. Stuck in you? Where? In my arm. How did that happen? Um, I was reaching up to get something out of a high shelf. No. I slipped... And um, pronged myself on the oil drizzler. It flipping hurt.
6: Tom says, I got stabbed by a pencil at school. I've still got the lead mark on my arm 15 years later. I used to... Um, but you know the compasses? Oh, yes. I used to put the, poke them into my skin and lift my skin up. I
7: know. Weren't we weird, though?
6: Yeah. Used to do that a lot. Used to do that a lot. Someone... Uh, John, I'm not going to read out your 13-colour biro and where you claim you got that stuck. <laughs> I'm sure that didn't happen. And if it did, well, shame on you for even... Why would you put it there? Um, and uh, it's true. Well, it's what he says. Yeah, no, sorry? It's
7: not supposed to be coloured in. No,
6: it? it's not. And a 71-year-old charity worker parked on some zigzag lines outside a school for seven seconds got a £70 fine. She's upset. I say fair play. You take your chances, you get busted. Simple. 08 459 555. Now... Big story. The government uh, has given the go-ahead for a huge rail freight terminal to be built on the St Albans Greenbelt despite eight years of fierce local opposition. Planning permission has been given to developers Helio Slough, who are looking to build on the 140 hectare plot where the Radlett Aerodrome once stood. In a statement, the Department for Communities and Local Government told us the need for this rail infrastructure for London and the south-east has been given considerable weight, and all these elements combined have been found to clearly outweigh the harm to the landscape. If you live in the area or know the area, I'd love to hear your thoughts. For Oregon 08459 four double five five double five. And I'm joined now by the Conservative MP for St Albans, Anne Mayne. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. Uh, this, we heard this kind of late yesterday afternoon, early evening. When did you hear it and what was your reaction?
5: I heard it probably about an hour or so before you when I actually had um, a direct phone call conversation with um, the Minister Nick Bowles. Um, my reaction, I'm obviously, I'm devastated on behalf of my constituents, although we had had a minded to grant, which means, you know, they were of the view that it should be granted, subject to conditions, over a year ago, so I have to say, when it came, I wasn't surprised, but I was obviously pretty disappointed.
6: Why are you against it? What, what, in your opinion, are the negatives for that area?
5: Well, let's just get the the really important ones. Apart from the fact it is the Green Belt, which is a major issue, and even the government recognizes the harm there. It is situated between the villages of Radlett and Park Street. It will be accessed off local roads with no motorway access. It will not have a local workforce. Everyone will have to travel in. And so the traffic movements are going to be enormous, and it is going to be very close to some people's houses um, that that will be on the edges of the site. So it's the sheer location of it and its accessibility, to me, should have ruled it out anyway, leaving aside the Green belt harm which the government recognises.
6: The government obviously feels that, that this is worth pursuing, though, that there are benefits.
5: Well, it has come out of the old Strategic uh, Rail Authority objectives, which was to donut London with rail, five rail freight sites. The previous government had um, had this as an aim, and this site came in under that And so we have. We've been fighting it for a very, very long time. And since then, they say no other site has come up that would be easier and better and more strategically placed to develop. I beg to differ. I think the Sundan quarry one would. But even so, people say, well, we want to get lorries off roads. Of course we do. And we want to get freight onto rail. Of course we do. But surely we should be doing it placed off motorway and direct major access, not through villages.
6: This is all within St Albans district's planning area and they have consistently opposed it. it. It doesn't say a lot about local democracy, does it?
5: Well, they have consistently opposed it, and it's cost local taxpayers a million pounds to oppose it. So you're absolutely right. But unfortunately, with major strategic infrastructure such as Heathrow or, as I said, incinerators or things like this, we, we end up with there being an overarching decision that for the greater public good, we have to accept these developments. And that's what they've said with this one.
6: Uh, any other options
5: left for the opponents? Yes, there are. Um, I understand that the council all along has reserved its right to a judicial review on process. That's a legal issue. Uh, the other thing is, there's a slight hiccup. Um is don't actually own the land. Ah, now, uh, you can get planning permission, I could get some on your back garden, which I'm sure was very generous. Oh, but um, I can't build if you won't give me permission. And the land is owned as a three way tranche between Lafarge, the former gravel site, Gorhambury Estates, and both of those I gather have said they would be prepared to exercise the option of sale. But the third big tranche is the Harts County Council. Now I would like to urge, given that St Albans is reviewing its green belt boundaries this week, I would like to urge um, that they have urgent conversations with Harts County Council about the potential of some sensitive development on that site if they're going to develop it, maybe thinking of it for our local housing need for the future. Because the whole point is, is the local council county council has a duty to ensure that they get best value for the taxpayer so i can understand a big offer of money from a, a developer from helio is something they must and are obliged to consider i would argue that they also should consider local housing need for the future
6: it would be well y- yeah we, we know there's a housing problem but it would be uh, a load of cash for n- not much work wouldn't it for Harts county council you could see why they would be tempted by
2: that
5: Well, and as I said, Harts County Council is the uh, council for the whole of Hertfordshire and St Albans is one bit of it. And yes, there will be a school or some hospital improvements or something that will need that cash elsewhere in the county. So I can understand it will be tempting. But on the other hand, as you say, local democracy and Mm. even Harts County Council, when they responded, as all of us did over the years, they responded, they said they didn't see the need for it at all. So I'm hoping that they can find a way that falls within the law to creatively come up with a solution that means they don't feel obliged to sell their area of the site, which, of course, would then be a piece of the jigsaw that frustrates this.
6: And thank you very much. No doubt we'll speak about this again at some point. That's the Conservative MP for St St Albans and Maine. Your thoughts on that, please? 08459 455555.
3: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
6: This is Ian Lee.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Right, it's a cracking story, I love this. It's in the Express, it's in some of the other papers. Seven seconds on zigzag lines, cost driver £70 fine. And there's a a picture of furious troop aid volunteer, Joyce Sale, yesterday with her letter from the council. She sat in her car. Let's hope she wasn't parked on some zigzags or double yellows for that photo session. Otherwise, that would be another fine. A charity volunteer was hauled before a court and fined £70 for parking outside a school for seven seconds. Joyce Sales, 71, was forced to cough up £10 for every second she spent on zigzag lines when she tried to drop off leaflets promoting a charity singing contest. The grandmother had pulled over at St Benedict's Infant School in Small Heath, uh, Birmingham, and was caught on camera by CCTV. She then lost an appeal over the fine, despite the fact she never left a car. "'It was pouring with rain,' she says. "'I stopped for a moment to see if I could pull into the school car park. "'I didn't even get out of the car. "'A young man, walking past, pointed at a mobile CCTV van I drove on. "'I couldn't believe it. I was there a matter of seconds "'and was trying to do my bit for charity. "'With the greatest of respect, uh, Ms. Sale, do not matter what you were there for. "'You broke the, the rules.' I understand there are rules, but it's not like I parked there for hours. You would think a bit of common sense would prevail. I think this woman deserved the fine she got. I don't want to be harsh, but you, you, you park where you're not supposed to park you get in trouble. Paul's in Bletchley. Paul, have you got any sympathy for this woman? Um, well, I've got sympathy, but, um, <clears throat> you know, where,
21: where do you draw the line? It's a bit like saying, oh, you shouldn't get caught on 30 mile an hour speed cameras at three o'clock in the morning. You know, to have a, it's just impossible, isn't it, to organise the, the system or, uh, you know, operate cameras so that they, they, um, um it, you know, draw lines. And it, n- not really, no, I think it's, you know, the whole thing would just get too complicated. And, um, you know, I mean, talking about parking for schools. I, yeah. I heard on the radio once that some countries you're not allowed to park anywhere within half a mile or some distance anyway from the schools, and no. that stops the congestion round the um, round the schools, which seems a good this idea. This
6: woman but says, uh, Ms Sale says that uh, the council had the discretion to waive the fine. She took them to court and appealed, yes. and they chose not to. No. Should they have? Should they have been a bit more generous?
21: Well, <laughs> the trouble is that you, the more you let people go on them, the more people will challenge them and um, and the whole system gets complicated, costs a lot of money
6: i I agree with you, Paul. I, you yeah. know it's tough. I got a parking ticket the other day. I parked in a residence bay instead of a, a public bay, and I came out. I was furious, and then you, you you've just got to suck it up, haven't you? You've got to suck it up and go, "Oh well, I made a mistake next time I'll, I'll, I'll look I, a bit better
21: yeah, absolutely you you've got to, you learn a lesson and you, you don't do it twice, that's for sure. And, um, you know, I mean, I know £70, £70 is a lot of money to some people, and I suppose, but having said that, you probably get time to pay and things like that. You Paul, know? ever but had
6: anything stuck inside your body? <laughs> um, steady, steady. <laughs> I don't know. No,
21: I don't think so. No, <laughs> but well, I have. I had to have a hernia done therefore a couple of years ago. Therefore, they um, put a little patch in there, don't they, to seal up the gap. Ladies you
6: know. and gentlemen, that counts, Paul. We'll have, what do you mean they put a little patch in there? Well, like what, what, well, I don't know what it like is exactly, bud.
21: but you know, you get a slight lump in your groin, don't you, when you've got a hernia oh. So, they, the, the surgeon who was um, what was his name? Chinese chap, lovely chap, he was. Um, Doctor Wing. No, it was quite but a wong? funny name and I he was very pleased know. because when I went down to Milton Keynes to have it done, I remembered his name, you see, and oh. he told oh, said, you know,
6: and he was a lovely He'll chap. He'll be gutted you know. if he's listening now. He's going I won't do the accent. Yeah. Oh that Paul in Bletchley's forgotten <laughs> my name. Oh I I oh I'm gutted. Yeah. Yeah Yeah, just changing the subject.
21: I mean, music-wise, I'm a very big fan of acoustic music, you know, whether it's Rod Stewart. Where's this uh, going? You you know, um, and people, you know, Peter, Paul and Mary, you've got Maddie Pryor um, from years ago, you know, and I think you should be broadening our tastes a bit and, um, you know, and and playing a bit more. Well, I mean, I'm a fan of folk music anyway. I'll
6: tell you what, Paul, we had had Soft Rock uh, Tuesday. Yes. We'll have uh, Folk Rock Wednesday. Yeah, acoustic, have Acoustic Day. Acoustic Day Wednesday. Paul, it's happening because of you, brother.
13: (laughs) Travel news for beds, cards and bugs.
14: BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading northbound, just getting in, it's just been reopened on the exit slip road due to that broken down van at junction 11 at Dunstable Road. The M25 heading anti clockwise, looking rather slow moving on the speed sensors between junction 21A for St Albans and junction 20 for King's Langley. The A1 heading southbound, looking rather heavy at the moment um, from Stirling Corner to Apex Corner. And there is a lane closed on the Great Cambridge Road heading southbound, and that's between Church Lane and College Road. That's due to a collapsed manhole, and some emergency repairs that are now taking place on the trains. No reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three, Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola.
6: It's happening. Tomorrow is Acoustic Day Wednesday. It's happening, Kath.
14: Wireless Wednesday. Sorry. Wireless Wednesday. Well,
6: no, no, because people will ditch their radios. Oh. Uh... It's a. It's a. He's come up with the name. It's. It's Acoustic Day Wednesday. We don't
7: plug it in Wednesday. Well, no. We, we... pull the plug out Wednesday. No, we don't because people. Be, be something not we the word?
6: I was something with a word I could say to you right now, but I didn't. 7.17. It's Tuesday the 15th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Plans for a massive rail freight terminal on Greenbelt Land on the outskirts of St Albans have been given the go-ahead by the government. The application by developers Helio Slough is for the former Radlet Aerodrome site. The Defence Secretary, Philip Hammond, is expected to be the new Foreign Secretary following William Hague's decision to stand down in the government reshuffle. And a rally's due to take place in Hertfordshire this morning in protest at the sacking of a firefighter for comments he made on social media about strike action.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: I um, this William Hague yes. thing. Yes. William Hague's decision to stand down. We're not buying that, are we? We're not. Come on, guys. We're not bad. That I worked at a radio station in London. Absolute radio. It was a joint decision uh, between me and the company for me to leave it.
7: That means he's sacked. We don't want to embarrass.
6: Means it, was, it means it means I, 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 he was sacked. I was sacked. It, it, was, it was a joint dis- Yeah, it was a joint decision for they me to leave a really well. Went. Yeah, for me to leave a really well-paid, easy job. They, st- you know, it's one of those.
7: So you mean they didn't say to you, "Oh, we don't want you to pay for you th- for this anymore," and you said, "Well, sorry, you're going to."
6: Yeah, no, uh, we. They said we don't want you to work for us anymore, but we're going to say it's a joint decision. Okay, thanks. And that's what that's what William Hague's not stood down. William Hague loves doing that job that he was doing. He got to um, go out with Angelina Jolie for a, a, a mucky weekend, I think, or something. I wasn't really following the story, so he wouldn't stand down.
3: Honestly, you really do see between the lines, don't you? Nick Coffer, across Beds, Hearts and Bucks.
1: I'm at Bletchley Park today for a very, very important special occasion. For me, being out of the studio is about putting faces to names and bringing to life all that's brilliant about Beds, Hearts and Bucks. If you know the high street here and you've never seen what goes on behind, you really should because it's like a whole new world. Nick Coffer. I think for my listeners, they get a chance to hear about places they may never have visited. In fact, they may never have heard of. And also, they hear the stories from the people that bring those places to life. That is one of the mysteries of Abbott's Langley Fire Brigade.
3: Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks, on BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: 08459 four double five five double five. Is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, the life of a 20-year-old disabled man from Dunstable is being put in danger as a result of council cuts, according to his mum. Joshua Newman has experienced problems travelling by bus to Barnfield College ever since Borough Council withdrew funding for transport for the elderly and the disabled. Well, Joshua's mum, uh, Brenda Brereton, joins me now. Morning, Brenda. Morning. Uh, so Joshua's 20. Describe it, his, his condition and how it affects him in his day-to-day life.
19: Well, he has uh, um, he's registered blind and he has autism as part, part of his condition. He also is um, has a hearing problem. He has a syndrome... He has a epilepsy, he has quite a few difficulties. bless him
6: you say he has a syndrome. what does that mean um,
19: it, it, syndrome is, it's syndrome it 's called hypermenolosis and that causes a lot of his problems that he suffers with his his eyesight okay. he's slightly smaller on one side yeah. and
6: and how does his autism affect him? because I know that there are lots of different types of autism what what 's specific about his
19: well i mean he 's not on the high end of it he 's on the lower end of it so he's a, he is a, able to function, but he does get very stressed out, mm. and he doesn 't like change, and his way has got to be the right way because there 's no reasoning with him when you he have gets autism, frustrated he does very much yeah
6: and i 've seen a picture of Joshua and he carries a white stick, and it 's it's, it's kind of obvious you know that he's, uh, he has issues isn 't it yes, it is. So he's been studying at Barnfield College in Luton. How long has he been studying there for, and what, what does he study?
19: He's been there a year now. Um, he's studying business at the moment.
6: OK, OK. And how's he, he been getting on there? Is he doing all right?
19: He's doing, he's doing really well. I'm How really feel? proud of him.
6: Good. So what's happened with this bus, then?
19: Well, um... Since they changed the buses, I mean at first he was getting on the bus and it was absolutely fine and this is great because he can be independent, which he wants to be and what I want him to be and all of a sudden one day out of the blue I had him screaming and shouting at me on the phone saying, They won't let me on the bus and I said, What do you mean? And he said, They just won't let me on the bus They've told me I have to get off so I said, well, hold your horses, hold on a minute. And I was in Dunstable, and he was in Luton at that point. So there was a big distance between us, so I couldn't go running to him, which made it very difficult. Um, I got on the phone to Arriva and spoke to them, and they said, nope, there's no reason whatsoever why he shouldn't travel on the bus, because he's got a central Beds pass. So I phoned him back, and I said that I'd been on the phone to Arriva, and he then went to go and get the second bus which he missed yeah um so he had to wait for a third one and when he got on that bus on the way to college already stressed out because he was late there was an incident and the police had to stop the bus Mm -hmm. to look for somebody on the bus so that really really stressed him out and then there was a second incident not long after where he himself thought, well, fine, if they won't let me on the bus, I'm just getting in a taxi. So he jumped into a taxi and went off to college, and then he phoned me, and I said, so what taxi did you get? He said, I don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? He said, well, I just got in a taxi. It said taxi, so I got in it. So he didn't ring it. He he just saw it and he got in. So, again, that put him at danger because anybody could put a taxi sign or say that they're a taxi. I'd have had no record as to where he would, was or anything. So... It
6: made it very, very difficult. So the, the, well, the incident with the police to one side, because that, that could have happened at any point, couldn't it? And while it was obviously very stressful uh, for Joshua, the, 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 the Luton Borough Council couldn't have stopped that. But the problem is, if I've got this right, Brenda, that um, Joshua has a, a bus pass because he's disabled. He's registered disabled. Yes. And he can't, because of the cuts in Luton, he can't use it at peak times. Is that no. right? Is That's that the right.
19: That's it. He can board a bus in Dunstable yeah. and get into Luton, but as soon as he gets into Luton, they won't allow him to board any more buses. But surely, having a bus pass with central beds on it, that when he, he uses that bus pass, it will only be charged to central beds. Because you have, like, the Luton bus pass and a central beds bus pass, and they're two different ones. Because... They have to separate them hmm. somehow, anyway, du- during the course of the day. So Luton wouldn't, surely wouldn't get paid for it, um, pay for that journey. Have anyway. you
6: spoken to Luton Borough Council about this?
19: I haven't spoken to Luton. No.
6: Okay. We we were hoping to get them on the show today, and they're they're not coming on today, unfortunately. You've spoken to Arriva. What have Arriva said?
19: Arriva, they sent me one letter, first of all, saying that there's no reason why he shouldn't have got on the bus. He should have been allowed, and this letter states that he is allowed to travel before 9.30. Mm. Um, It wasn't until I'd, I'd had enough, and I said, right, I'm going to the papers. This is the third incident now and nothing's been done you haven't trained your staff so i'm going to the papers and then i had somebody else ring me up from Arriva saying well actually he's not allowed on the bus mm. after a certain time that is the policy so which is it you know we have a letter here saying yes he can then we have somebody else ringing us up saying, no, he can't. I mean, he's lucky that I'm here to help him along. There's mm. no way he could have coped with this himself.
6: What are you going to do, Brenda?
19: Well, this is it. All I can do is just keep fighting for yeah. him, you know. I mean, the thing is, he could he could have a taxi, but the whole point is to get him used to living in this real world. Yeah. I mean, everybody has a choice, uh to be able to live in this real world and that's what I want him to do. I fought for him right from day one and he's been through mainstream, he's been through everything and he's lived just like us, Mm. you know. So why shouldn't he be able to get on a bus and go to college rather than take that independence away from him and have a taxi pick him up in the morning from here and drop him off where he's due to be? You know, he wouldn't be able to function if then he needed to go out on a bus because he wouldn't be used to it you know we need to keep him going we need to teach him how to get from a to b without us you know that that's the whole point of me pushing this you know and not not asking for a taxi you know and obviously it's going to be a lot cheaper for the council mm. you know it must be much cheaper having a bus
6: Brenda it uh, must be very frustrating for I'm for very you very and frustrated. for Joshua um, but, but listen, k- keep in touch with us and let us know how it goes and hopefully you, you popping up on the show this morning, who knows, that someone might be listening who can who can um, affect the decision somewhat. OK, thank you Brenda, thank you very much for your time. 08459 455555.
3: Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Um...
6: Lots of people getting pencils shoved in their arms we 're asking have you, what part, what things have you had stuck in your body, young lad got a door handle stuck in his arm. Um, my dad was fishing, says Hoskas on Twitter. He mistimed his cast and ended up with a bright orange fish fly in his chin. The drive to hospital was hilarious. Um, Tracy says i got, got stabbed by a lead pencil and still have it in my hand. Amy said the same thing that 's because she drew something rude on a pencil case in tipex so that 's understandable. And Belfast dad says, uh, in class, someone, brackets James Best, rammed a compass point into my bum cheek as I sat reading a book. That's going to. Are you allowed to have compasses in schools these days? You're probably not health and safety. No, I think isn't you can.
7: They're good, probably really? Don't, they're probably not as sharp as they used to be.
6: Mm-hmm. I
7: used to love those tin. You used to get a new tin at the start of every turn ah. with a ruler one of those square things that I never used. What was
6: the the, the, the heart semicircle for?
7: Uh, that was a protractor, wasn't it? Was that a protractor? Yeah, it showed your angles. I
6: used to pretend it was the gun from Space
2: 1999.
6: Good. My boys, they know, they know rude words now, as you know. And so if they want to annoy us, they've got a little chant they do. Oh. Right, They say the rudest words they know, right? The, the words they know gets a reaction. So this is their chant. If they want to be naughty, this is their chant. Bum, bum, willy, willy, gun, gun, death.
22: Oh. <laughs>
7: Wow, they really have rolled all the bad words together in a
8: lyrical nugget. I was on the phone, nugget. I'm assuming you're talking about your children.
6: No, this is, this is an argument I had my wife last night.
7: <laughs> They're missing out mate. <laughs> he,
6: he's, he still won't say mate out loud. He got in bed with me last night and he's gone. my wife's banned the word mate and oi. And he's going... Go,
7: both <laughs> words, I'm assuming, come from you because you are quite an oi, mate he went, kind of bloke.
6: He, he's being naughty, being a real little so-and-so. He's going, he was being annoying because he's going, Daddy, I can speak American. He's going, go on then. He's going, I'm going to put that in the garbage. I was <laughs> going, all right. And then he's going, bum, bum, willy, willy, gung, gun, death. Oi, mate. <laughs> <laughs> ah, what a naughty little boy.
13: Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
6: BBC Three
14: Counties Radio rather slow moving at the moment on the Great North Road heading southbound approaching the Black Cat roundabouts where those roadworks are taking place. The A1 further down looking slow between Stirling Corner and Apex Corner on camera and the M25 heading anti-clockwise very slow moving between Junction 21A for St Albans and Junction 17 at Maple Cross. Still one lane closed on the Great Cambridge Road that's heading southbound between Church Lane and College Road for some emergency repairs taking place to a collapsed manhole. On the trains, no no reported problems or delays nicola richards bbc three counties radio
13: across beds hearts and bugs
14: this is bbc
3: three counties radio
0: It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Plans for a massive rail freight terminal on Greenbelt Land on the outskirts of St Albans have been given the go-ahead by the government. The application by developers Helio is for the former Radlett Aerodrome site. The Defence Secretary, Philip Hammond, is expected to be the new Foreign Secretary following William Hague's decision to stand down in the government reshuffle. And a rally is due to take place in Hertfordshire this morning in protest at the sacking of a firefighter for comments he made on social media about strike action. Three Counties
13: Sports.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Brazil coach Luis Felipe Scolare has resigned after their fourth place finish at the World Cup. The BBC's South American football correspondent, Tim Vickery, says it's not a big shock after the defeats by Germany and Holland.
16: Coaching Brazil is like this. It's it's like sitting in a coconut shy. Um, You know you're going to get things thrown at you. Uh, and uh, if you lose 7-1 and 3-0 at home you know you get you are going to get some very heavy things thrown at you so i don't think there's any surprise here whatsoever
0: Milton Keynes Dons cruised to a 6-0 win in their first pre-season friendly on their trip to Ireland the goal scorers against St James's Gate included Deli Alley with two and new signing Tom Hitchcock the Dons played Drogheda this evening also this evening Stevenage make the short trip to Barnet one of Luton's new signings defender Paul Connolly says they can repeat the success of last season in League 2 The Hatters are back from their Portugal training camp. Connolly says he joined the club for more success.
17: I I did have an option to go up north and be in comfort zone and move on with the family and stuff. But it wouldn't have challenged me. The task wouldn't challenge challenged me. This was challenging me, so I'm really happy.
0: Olympic champion Mo Farah says he faces a race against time to be fit for this month's Commonwealth Games. Ian Poulter is an injury concern in the build-up to the Open Golf, which begins on Thursday at Royal Liverpool. Woban-based Poulter had a scan yesterday after sustaining a wrist injury during last week's Scottish Open, where he missed the cut. And two-time champion Alberto Contador is the latest big name to crash out of the Tour de France after breaking his leg on stage 10. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at 8.
3: Across Beds, Hearts and Bucks.
13: This is Ian Lee.
3: BBC Three Counties
6: Radio. I'm just being reminded, of course, that uh, Ludenborough Council are coming on later on to talk about the story we were just talking about, which is uh, very. Very exciting, uh, indeed. So we'll be uh, hearing from them a little bit later on the show. Thank you, Tony Fisher, for calling in and correcting me. It's one of those days. Dave Luton's on the line. Morning, Dave. Good morning, boss. Now, Dave. Uh, two, two, two little stories are i asked you. You may get to it. Oh, we may have time to get to or not. I spoke yet. Do you ever watch um, the Watchdog television programme? Sometimes. Are you aware of the gentleman who does the Rogue Traders? Um... What the last spoke or the new one?
20: The, the 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 current one. Oh, the current one. I do. I have seen it once a couple of times. You seen it once a couple of times, have you, Dave? Yeah. 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 M- What's his name? God, you asked me a question now. Oh, it's a question. Yeah. 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 No, I can't. No, I can't just think of his Roykening. name at the moment. No, no, it's not Roy. Roger Cook. No. Matt Alright? Who? Yeah. I'm all right. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. You It's Matt alright. Yeah, I think so. Should we ask him?
6: <sighs> he he stands up for um underdogs and people who he feels have been abused and violated. Oh, I don't know. I don't honestly know, boss. Okay, well, I'm getting to a point, Dave. That's his name. That's who he is, right? Oh, okay. I spoke to him last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he somehow got hold of my private telephone number. Oh, yeah. And he, um, he was complaining. He heard yeah. you at some of yesterday's show. He yeah. was complaining about the way I had treated you on oh. yesterday's show. He said it was borderline bullying, and yeah. that if, if it continued, he might consider doing a watchdog uh, rogue trader investigation oh, into brilliant.
20: me. Oh, brilliant! Brilliant. No, what's, what's his name? Mark, what? Mark, what? What's his name? Mark Watts. Oh right.
6: Hope he's listening. Well, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Mark, thanks, Freddie. yeah, Mark Watts from Rogue Traders Watchdog. Yeah. Is, uh, he? He wants me to apologise to you. Oh great. Thanks, Mark. Mate. Yeah. No, it's, Carry it's, on. It's, it's Mark Watts. Yeah. Thanks, Mark Watts. Say, I want thanks. you to say, Dave. Thanks, Mark Watts from Rogue Traders for sticking up for me. Thanks, Mark Watts from Road Traders for sticking up for me,
20: brilliant bloke. Brilliant. I watch him all the time now. Right, me. Um, I'm not going to apologise to you, though, Dave. No, That's the point no, I'm getting uh, to. Won't. No, you wouldn't, would no, you? No, know I wouldn't. I, mean? I wouldn't. No, Whoa, no, 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 no. Right, just one little thing. Cause yep. it would- Right. Yes, first, Dave? The fire engines are still coming to Act with Cork
6: Oh, this was um, the the um, residential home. Was this right? Where um, it's a big block of flats. Yeah, big block of flats. And uh, yeah. you were worried that someone had overcooked an egg. Yeah. How many times right. a day are the fire engines going? Well, they're
20: not coming on the basis of four to five times. They're coming about eight times a week. Well, that's, Six that's... fire
6: engines. So what, what's <laughs> one one point one times a day. Well, on average, about once, twice. Okay. But, well, we um, can we can that, certainly put in a little cheeky
20: little call, Dave. Yes. And uh, The second pro uh, second story. Yes, sir. I thought this rail, British Rail. Well, the railway system. British Rail stop, stopped all freight because I work for British Rail on the freight. What? And it all closed down. You, I come out of work.
6: You thought that, 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 that there's no such thing as rail freight anymore? No. Are you insane, Dave Luton? Of course no, there I, is. No,
20: I, I know there's oil, and I know there's a little bit of coal, and I know you there's. Always see, I, I'm always but,
6: seeing freight trains. Freight train, freight train, you going so fast. Um, How do you think hobos get from one state to the other? No, no, hold on. I work for British
20: Rails on the freight at Luton, Crescent Road, and down in North London, yeah, right? W- yes, when was that, but All today? the freight stopped. Yeah, all w- the freight stopped. When? 1974. I'm oh, yeah. crying out loud. That's no, 40 no. years ago, you plum! No, no. I'm just saying, the freight, stop. You don't see the freight on the railways now that you did years ago. So what are they, ta- what are they taking, and why they have got a big terminal? They're taking,
6: uh, I don't think it's terminal. They're taking, I don't know, food, oil, clothes, m- milk, hobos, again. Are they? Yeah. Well,
9: loads of anything.
6: stuff goes by rail, Dave. Are you
20: insane? Uh, where? Oh, all you, over don't the... see, you don't see it come through Le Graebel, Luton. It goes all over the country. You massive cheese, don't you? Mark Watts, could you listen to him? What he's calling me no. on the radio, number one. Oh dear! Now I listen, know.
6: I want a word with you. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Right. You. What, what did yeah. you call in about yesterday? I've got no idea now. No, you haven't, have
20: you? Um, what was it now? Um I think of it and I'll let you, what was it then? did it you It know? was about
6: the length
20: of grass? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I went by... down there yesterday. Oh no no, hold on. The length of grass inside the bus Yeah, as You well. said it
6: was six feet
20: tall. <laughs> Yes, and I, I yeah. see it's noticed it's all been chopped down, as oh, it? Oh,
6: you are talking out your bum. I drove past it today because Junction 10 of the M1 was shut, so I had to go up to Junction 11 and come back and yeah. drive past the busway. It okay. is not six... F- yes, it's long. Yeah, fair play. It looks an absolute mess. You'd think they'd spent 90 million quid on it. They'd That's have someone correct. going to look after it. It looks a mess, definitely, right? You need to get, yeah. get, get, get someone to go down there with a strimmer, right? Yeah. But it's not six feet tall. It was six feet tall.
20: No, it wasn't six but feet tall. they cut it down now on the side of the road. Oh, yes. Not inside. The, don't call me a bum either, because that's, that's so rude. You know what I mean? Your little boy says something about a bum, doesn't
6: he? He does, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. he does. He has a very naughty chant that he does. Yeah. yeah. So you're calling me him now, are you? I'm you know. not calling you him. No, no. The, and you're I didn't. Calling I'm not called you. Now. I'm not called you a bum. Stop saying bum. You did. I didn't call you that. I called you a cheese. No, oh. I called you a cheese bell. What's that?
20: You've heard of it? It's
6: a big ball of cheese. Isn't that what they call it? Is that not the, the Catherine? It's a wheel. Is that a cheese wheel?
7: No, yeah, it's a wheel. Baby You're thinking Bell. of the proprietary brand that we don't mention anymore oh. since we got...
6: Um, oh. Mini Baby Bell. Oh. Yeah. OK, right, OK. You're a cheese wheel. OK. So what are you calling... A, OK, we've established what you called about yesterday. What on yeah. earth are you calling about today? The fire engines oh. and the wider, wider rail terminal, yeah. new one. OK. At um, St Albans. Ever had anything stuck in your body? Yeah. We'll leave it there. Turns out, lots of people have had lots of things stuck in... Lots of pencils. Yes. Um, Jimmy says... Oh no, ben says, I knelt on a pencil in year two. 24 years on, I still have the pencil lead in my knee.
7: Rob said something similar on the texts. He Go says, on. I too still have the tip of a lead pencil stuck in my wrist since 1979.
6: Wa- you can lead a horse to water, but a pencil must be lead.
7: Huh.
6: Guys, anyone know? Anyone know what, 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 what?
7: There's a little fly in here, and it's um, it's Kelly. <laughs> uh,
6: who did that? That's a song, isn't it? You can lead a horse to it water, but a pencil must be led. Um, Which, of
7: course, is not true because it's
6: graphite. Uh, Jimmy says, "A large sliver of glass." I tripped over our ginger cat and put my arms out to stop me. Not good when you have a glass door. <gasps> When I was about ten, says Ash, a girl rammed my own pen up my nose. Oh, yeah. No scars, but there was blood everywhere. She was a... Oh, dear, Ash! I don't think you're allowed to write that word. Tom says, I got a Rice Krispie stuck in my nose when I was ten. Uh, D- uh, Dave says, I stuck, stuck a pencil in a hole under a desk. What? I stuck a pencil in a hole under the desk, Yanked it out. Still got a grey dot above my knee. Thirty-five years All later, right. hashtag lead poisoning. That reminds me. My um, nephew Dylan. Um, uh, he went deaf in one ear. Why? He went deaf in one ear. Just, just stopped hearing. And, and they kind of, you know, there was, it was, it was, it was, was complete. It, it was waxy. And then his hearing went. And then he went pretty much deaf in one ear. And this was over a period of months. Okay. And they went to the doctors, and there was nothing we can do about it. And then the night he went deaf. This is after about four months of complaining. They. Um, my sister took him to A&E and they had a little root around and they pulled out, like, loads of beads. He just shoved beads in his ear and they'd been absorbed by his body and become part of his body.
7: I have a friend who's a nurse. Uh-oh. She told me about a child patient she had once who all of a sudden started suffering with terrible breath.
6: Oy she sh- couldn't work out oh what
7: awful smell was. Mm, dear. Until one day she was cleaning out the child's nose and she pulled out... A clothes label and a daddy long legs.
6: <laughs> I'm, I'm more disgusted by the clothes label, if I'm honest. I think
7: the label was holding the daddy long legs in. I don't think the daddy long legs pulled the uh, oh. label in.
6: Oh, I had was a shiver. daddy long
7: legs still alive? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was long gone. That's what was causing the. Uh...
6: He had a dead body. We've taken this to really dark depths. It's not even eight o'clock. We have the first example of a dead body inside a child. Mm quite often we've mentioned this before quite often old people will get like a lump or, a tu- or it looks like a tumor or something they get cut open and there is, there's teeth and hair yeah, and an eye
7: anyway if you're enjoying your breakfast at the moment chow down oh wait
6: four five nine four double five five double five, five, five jade is uh, oh on the subject of this um, woman no sympathy for this this parking woman
7: no maybe we didn't labor the fact that she's 71 and a uh, charity, charity worker collector.
6: I think that may be the reason that people are against her, is because of her (laughs) profession. 71-year-old woman, parks outside of school for seven seconds, doesn't get out of the car, it's on the zigzag lines. She gets a £70 fine, she appeals it, she still gets the £70 fine. Any sympathy for her whatsoever. Jade has texted him. The zigzag lines are there for the children's safety. They're clearly lined and signed. Serves her right. Would she still be moaning if a child died due to her negligence? Good on the council. Well, we've, we've kind of extrapolated quite significantly away from the uh, initial story. But I don't... Listen, I've had, par- I've, I've had parking tickets where I thought I was in the right and I wasn't. I've also had parking tickets where I chanced it. Mm-hmm. Parked on double yellow lines, nipped in to um, buy some growlers. I don't smoke. Or we popped into the chemist. Come out, I got a ticket. I chanced it and I failed. Yeah. And that's
7: sometimes you've got to take it on the chin.
6: Take it on the chin. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. On the subject of the busway grasses, Leslie. Good morning, Leslie. Uh,
9: good morning, you.
6: Leslie, how are you this
9: morning? I'm not too
6: good, not too bad. You're not too good, not too bad. Yeah. Okay. So, so somewhere in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm am fi- feeling your pain.
9: But. Oh, yeah, 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 we all do sometimes.
6: Yeah, we all, we all do. We all do. You know, we all do. Have you um, broken any speed laws recently? Done, done a ton on the M1? No, what? Uh, I'm coming from that Rubbish Town the other day. What, which Rubbish Town? Aylesbury. Aylesbury? Awesome. What Rubbish? What? I like the way you said
9: that Rubbish Town as though I was supposed to know <laughs> you meant Aylesbury. Why is Aylesbury so rubbish? Because I was working there. And the third night at a bank, uh, on on work all night, and the town was completely empty all through the night. (laughs) It's not London or New York, it's Aylesbury. (laughs) Of course it's going to be empty. I I went back, me and the wife, to get some from a meat shop down there. Yeah. And there was no one buying anything. No. You know, it's like there's no one lives there. Well, I think... Well, hang
6: on, let's, let's put... If you live in Aylesbury, 08459 five nine four let's try and prove Leslie wrong uh, this morning. So, OK, so you... <laughs> Leslie, listen, I've got to do travel and news. Can you wait for a couple of minutes? Um, yeah, no problem. OK, thank you. He didn't sound happy about... <laughs> he didn't sound happy. I love the way he says that rubbish town, and I'm supposed to know he means Aylesbury. Leslie, I'll be with you in a second.
13: Travel news for beds, hards and bugs.
14: BBC Three Counties Radio slow moving on the Great North Road just approaching the Black Cat Roundabout and those major roadworks continuing there. The A1 also looking heavy between Stirling Corner and Apex Corner on camera and the M1 Luton Spur building up in patches at the moment between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood Roundabout and Junction 10 for Luton Airport. The M25 heading anti-clockwise rather slow moving on the speed sensors between Junction 21A for St Albans and Junction 17 at Maple Cross and one lane closed on the Great Cambridge Road and the That's heading southbound between Church Lane and College Road. Some emergency repairs are taking place there. No reported problems or delays to the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Thank It's 7.46. It's Tuesday the 15th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Plans for a massive rail freight terminal on Greenbelt land on the outskirts of St Albans have been given the go-ahead by the government. The application by developers Helio Slough is for the former Radlet Aerodrome site. The Defence Secretary, Philip Hammond, is expected to be the new Foreign Secretary following William Hague's decision to stand down in the government reshuffle. And a rally is due to take place in Hertfordshire this morning in protest of the sacking of a firefighter for comments he made on social media about strike action. Coming up, we'll get the rest of Leslie's story. We'll also speak to Paul Scoynes about that uh, cabinet reshuffle. But first of all, here's the weather with Kate.
18: Beds, hearts and bucks weather.
13: BBC Three Counties Radio
18: a rather dull start for many this morning although just looking at the satellite picture it looks like we're seeing a bit of sunshine already. Parts of Watford have some sunshine just edging, dare I say, into Ellsbury. We may get some sunshine fairly soon if it's not there already. Uh, This will be the story of the day really. We're going to get some sunny spells and it will increase the chances of the sunshine through the course of the afternoon. Now the temperature at the moment ranging between 15 and 17 Celsius so it's quite a warm muggy start to the day and it's going to get warmer because some of us have already got the sunshine it will get warmer that little bit quicker. And by the end of the afternoon. We're looking at a maximum of 24, maybe even 25 Celsius. Overnight tonight, clear spells. In fact, it's a nice end to the day as the cloud should disappear before then. Then dry and clear, minimum 13 Celsius. Tomorrow, dry, bright, sunny spells. Then perhaps clouding over in the afternoon running run the increased risk of a shower later in the day. But we're starting to feel that really warm, muggy, humid air I've been talking about coming up from the south. And tomorrow, we could be getting up to a maximum of 26 Celsius. And that's your forecast.
1: Every weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show. Nine o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts, and
23: bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel.
1: Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned out and said to me that
17: they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me into take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on
9: me.
1: I get my teeth into them.
9: Oh, Jonathan, I'll start crying soon. We don't know what to do.
1: Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers.
9: And it got so
3: convoluted, I thought there's only one person can sort this out. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio.
20: Thanks, Mark Watts from Road Traders for sticking up for me. Brilliant bloke.
6: We were speaking to Leslie. Good morning, Leslie. Thank you for waiting around. Why did you call him? Was it just to slag off Aylesbury?
9: No. Um. Sorry, I apologise to all the people. It's wrong town. It was Bletchley, Queensway. you got the wrong town! Yes. you got the wrong town! I keep I I getting those two
6: mixed up you know, at all time. OK, well, listen, I, I think you... Uh, OK, we, we need to do some damage control here. You need to offer a sincere and open apology to the people of Aylesbury, Leslie. Over to you.
9: Apologise to all the people of Aylesbury who I mentioned their town is a rubbish town. It was the wrong town. It is Bletchley Town in the Queen's Way Shopping Centre. Anything else you want to say, Leslie? Yeah, about, um, uh, all, you, you remember these all of, um, um what, uh, oh, we've Cavalier, moved, Vauxhall we've moved, Cavalier? Yeah, the Vauxhall Cavalier, yes. We've moved on from
6: the from Bletchley and uh, Aylesbury now.
9: Yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah. yeah. the A5, one of them came up against me, I couldn't touch it. I was shocked. Uh, sorry? You are on the A5, and what happened? One of them came up against me, I couldn't touch it. I was shocked.
6: Let me just take those sentences out of context. One of them came up against me. I couldn't touch it. I was shocked.
9: Yeah. Wowzers. One of what? Vauxhall, um, 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 is it us? No, that's Um. Cavalier, Cavalier, How old, Cavalier.
6: Were you, were you having a... Were you racing against the Vauxhall Cavalier?
9: <laughs> well, it was trying right to take me, but um, I tried to leave it standing, but I couldn't.
6: You couldn't. Gosh, wow, that really is illegal, isn't it?
9: No, it's not on the A5. It's, it's not illegal to
6: race cars on the A5. No, there is no speed limit on it. <laughs> there is a speed limit on the A5. There is, yes, there is. There is a speed... There is definitely a speed limit on the A5. Whereabouts? I didn't stand let me let me just check with our political reporter, Paul Scoyns. Paul, uh, yeah. sorry to bring you in on this. I know you've, you've we're talking about something different, and I'm just going to throw this at you. <laughs> Do you know, is there a speed limit on the A5? Um, I'm pretty sure there is. Yeah, 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 yeah. OK, thanks Thanks very much, Paul. We'll, we'll come back to you in a second. That's a political reporter, Paul Scoyns there, Leslie, who thinks there is a speed limit on the A5. Well,
9: you think he's not sure, is he?
6: Are you sure, Paul? Or are you, are you, are you, uh, he makes a good point there. Uh, he does make a good point.
24: I am absolutely certain.
6: He's certain, Leslie.
24: Well, I didn't
9: see one.
6: Leslie, thank you very much indeed. If anyone can can um, confirm or deny the rumour that there is no speed limit on the A5, I think there is. I'm pretty sure there is a speed limit on the A5. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That there is. Uh, if, if anybody knows, either way, 08 459 455 555.
9: One of them came up against me. I couldn't touch it. I was shocked. <laughs> I'm, so,
3: I'm so sorry. Across beds, hearts and bucks.
9: This
13: is Ian Lee. BBC
6: Three Counties Radio. Oh, dear. Right. Now. It's not a great episode. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I snotted then. Right, it's not a great day to be an MP who's also a lawyer from the three counties. Dominic Grieve, Beaconsfield MP, was until last night the Attorney-General, the most important legal job in Parliament. Oliver Heald from North Hearts was was the Solicitor-General. They've both lost their jobs in David Cameron's reshuffle. Well, political reporter and speed freak Paul Scoynes is on the line. Good morning, Paul. Morning. So what exactly are these jobs? Well, effectively, and they're, they're, they provide
24: legal advice to the government, both of those jobs. The Attorney General, the more senior, but uh, they basically oversee uh, the sort of big prosecuting departments that we know, the CPS, of course, who bring cases, uh, the Serious Fraud Office as well. And, and they're also there, or their, their office is also there to, to, to answer questions about work in Parliament as well. They also look at things like sentencing, which might be too low, um, because they're effectively a little independent of government. and. And I suppose most recently people like Dominic Grieve have, have, have had a role in prosecuting people who've been making comments about live court cases on social media you might remember a few of those uh, sort of cases where people have been um, prosecuted for saying things about uh, you know, victims of rape maybe naming them in some instances or or indeed sort of naming people who are the subject of super injunctions as that has happened as well before so um, they've had fairly senior roles in government but, uh, but on the legal side of so maybe we don't see it on a day-to-day basis, but we all are, in effect, uh, uh, sort of, you know, we we all have experience of what they do, if you like.
6: Uh, Dominic Grieve, probably the most senior cabinet MP that we had. Yeah,
24: definitely. I mean, you know, he's a, he's a sort of senior position within the uh, within the government, and and as the Attorney General, you know, had that responsibility for for, for law and and, uh, and and the way we interact with law, if you like. He, he uh, according to Paper reports, unfailingly polite. Um, he was also a lot of a lot of uh, sort of people who've criticised this move have said that he was a, a sort of a moderating influence on uh, on on some of the uh, other members of government who perhaps wanted to throw out the uh, European Court of Human Rights and, and leave that. Uh, indeed, someone uh, who's a barrister from the three counties has just messaged me on Twitter saying that he was the cabinet break on some of the nonsense being peddled by. other MPs. So, uh, you know, I think there's a sense that he was perhaps that sort of person who could perhaps put a different point of view. But leaving uh, the office, that then potentially clears the way for the Conservatives putting a, a... a piece in their manifesto next year about perhaps leaving uh, the uh, convention on human rights so that would be quite a senior move uh, a significant move for for them and perhaps that would upset quite a few people who perhaps thought that you know that the government weren't so keen on on you know pushing the rule of law forward
6: any idea what they'll do next or who'll take over
24: well they've both been mps for a while i mean greve greaves been in in uh, government as an MP since 1997, um, Oliver Heald even longer. Actually, 1992, he actually served in John Major's government. He was a Social Security Minister, and then uh, was brought back into the fold uh, in 2000. Uh, well, after 2010, they've got huge majorities, so I don't think there's any danger of them not. Uh, if they wanted to restand as an MP to still be an MP, uh, the uh, you know they, they, they've both got big constituencies, over 61% in uh, in, in, in uh, Dominic Groove's case, in Oliver Hill's case. He, he won by 53%, so big big numbers. So, uh, you know, both legal guys, whether or not they'd go back into the legal profession after this if they left. Government, there's no suggestion that they're going to do that. They might stay on as MPs and just do their job as constituency MPs. They may indeed uh, be reassigned different jobs in another reshuffle. But at the moment, we're not really sure what they're going to
6: do next. Paul, thank you very much. Um, that's uh, political reporter Paul Scowen. Joined now by Francis Crook from the Howard League for Penal Reform. Good morning, Francis. Good morning. Uh, Good what's morning. your reaction to Dominic Greaves' departure?
22: Well, I'm rather sad because I well partly because uh, I had a meeting with Dominic tomorrow. Oh,
6: <laughs> oh. Well, how, <laughs> I, what I happens is that, a... <laughs> is that meeting council then? I, I hope
22: I'll still go ahead. Right. Um, but um, we'd worked with him a little bit over the years um, as Attorney General and I, do, as everyone has said I've always found him in, incredibly courteous and polite and thoughtful didn't always agree about everything but that's a, a very sort of useful uh, relationship um, and I think he was um, an advocate of the rule of law which is incredibly important, particularly at a time when we have a Lord Chancellor for the first time in a thousand years who is not a lawyer and who perhaps didn't always quite understand the subtleties of the law or the, the purpose of the rule of law, to have an Attorney General who who pushed through, who had a very good sense of, of right and wrong, um, of humanity um, and common sense as well as the rule of law, I thought was, was a really important um, role he played. Do
6: you think we're about to see a different approach to crime and criminality from the government
22: i don't know i hope i well in some ways i i hope we do and in some ways i hope we don't um i mean i think the thing that that dominic grieve brought i said was a a, a sense of uh, that uh, you know that lawyers have a role to play because they are legislators um Primarily legislators, of course, you're looking at Dominic Grieve because he was a constituency MP, but they are elected to pass laws and to scrutinise laws and to, to govern, in a sense. It is about government. And I think his role there was really important as a sort of moderating influence on some of the excesses of some of the other people who perhaps were more populist and less concerned with right and wrong.
6: Francis, thank you for your time. Francis Crook from the Howard League for Penal Reform.
14: The A1M are heading southbound, rather heavy moving between Junction 8 and Junction 7 for Stevenage. Um, the A10, the Great Cambridge Road, there's still a lane closed at the moment and long delays. Um, that's heading southbound between Church Lane and College Road. Some emergency repairs taking place to um, a collapsed manhole there. Taking a look so far at the trains, everything seems to be running well. No reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC
6: Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. So, have you got any sympathy for the 71-year-old charity worker who was fined £70 for stopping for seven seconds where she wasn't supposed to stop? And what things have you had stuck inside your body? Got some interesting answers coming. Vocal and vocal across
3: beds, hearts and bucks.
6: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, government go-ahead for St Albans Rail Freight Terminal, more cabinet jobs for women in reshuffle, and mum highlights bus pass problem for disabled Dunstable man. BBC Three Counties Radio. Plans for a massive rail freight terminal on Greenbelt land on the outskirts of St Albans have been given the go-ahead by the government. The application by Helio Slough is for the former Radlett Aerodrome site, although Hertfordshire County Council owns the land. St Albans MP Anne Main says the County Council now has an important decision to make.
5: Harts County Council is the uh, council for the whole of Hertfordshire and St Albans is one bit of it. And yes, there will be a school or some hospital improvements or something that will need that cash elsewhere in the county. So I can understand it will be tempting. But on the other hand, as you say, local democracy and even Harts County Council, when they responded, as all of us did over the years, they responded, they said they didn't see the need for it at all.
0: The Defence Secretary, Philip Hammond, is expected to become the next Foreign Secretary, following William Hague's decision to stand down in the government reshuffle. The Beaconsfield MP Dominic Grieve is expected to leave his position as Attorney General, with North East Hearts MP Oliver Heald leaving his post as Solicitor General. More women are expected to get Cabinet posts, including Liz Truss as the new Environment Secretary, taking over from Owen Paterson, but former Cabinet Minister David Meller has sounded a note of caution. I think they're going to have to be very careful that they don't seem to be patronising the woman
13: voter by saying, look, we've got loads of women without actually giving a clear reason why a lot of these middle-aged, but actually quite effective ministers of state were removed.
0: You know, they're male, pale and stale, it's said. A rally is due to take place in Hertfordshire this morning in protest at the sacking of a firefighter. Ashley Brown was dismissed over comments he made on social media about strike action. An employment tribunal is set for September. Today's rally is outside the county council meeting in Hartford. Regulators have announced details of a cap on payday lenders from January, firms will be able to charge a maximum of £24 a month in interest and fees on a loan of £100. The chief executive of the Financial Conduct Authority is Martin Wheatley. It will stop the problems that we've seen, where many, many people find that they get into a spiral of debt and
16: end up paying many times over the original loan in, in charges over the course of the, the loan.
0: The life of a 20-year-old disabled man from Dunstable is being put in danger as a result of council cuts, according to his mother. Joshua Newman has experienced problems travelling by bus to Barnfield College ever since Luton Borough Council withdrew funding for transport for the elderly and disabled. His mother Brenda says he can use his pass in central Bedfordshire, but they're not in Luton.
19: We need to keep him going. We need to teach him how to get from A to B without us. You know that—that's the whole point of me pushing this. You know, and not—not not asking for a taxi. You know, and obviously it's going to be a lot cheaper for the council. You know, it must be much cheaper having a bus.
0: In sport, Brazil coach Luis Felipe Scolari has resigned after their fourth place finish at the World Cup, and Milton Keynes Don's cruised to a six-nil win in their first pre-season friendly on their trip to Ireland. The weather brightening. Up up after a cloudy start to leave warm sunny spells. A maximum temperature 23 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash Three Counties.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a good place to live as you get older and all this week we're featuring some of our North Bedfordshire villages.
5: I think even when it's raining it, it looks nice because it's villagey and pretty. It's all about where you live. It's home to us and it's just a lovely village. Once you've moved here, you'll never leave. I'll be here for a long time, I hope. The big tour of
3: beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Busy show, busy show, busy show. Busy line, busy line. Lots to talk about. A rail freight terminal has been given the thumbs up on the outskirts of St Albans. Disabled young man is given the thumbs down when it comes to free public transport. And yeah, hang on, hang on, I can do this. I don't. I want to. I'm trying to tie in the getting bits of things stuck in your body uh, with with thumbs.
7: What if you had stuck in your thumb? Call me now.
6: Hey, Fair play. Yeah, fair. Play, we'll have that. Or or you're sucking in your entire body. Oh wait, 455, four, double five five double five.
3: Across beds, hearts, and bucks.
13: This is
6: BBC Three Counties Radio. We're asking. Some incredible pictures in the papers today. Oh, sorry, Catherine. Are you that's
7: right? all
6: right. Yes, 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 yes. I don't. That's okay. I don't need you. We're asking what? Yeah, um, we did. I'm teasing. I was hoping you put the other headphones back on quickly, and then I could flip and flop.
7: No, the other headphones are done for now.
6: Okay. Uh, there's a picture of a young lad. He's got a door handle rammed in his arm. Oosh. It's incredible. Uh, so we're must alf- have been going some pelt down that hallway Well this is it these, ki- these kids they do They will not listen So what have you had stuck in your body um, A knitting needle in my side when I was young Says Andy uh, Oh I used to work with a deaf lady uh, a, a lady deaf in one ear for 40 years One day she came in cured After the doc had pulled out an ancient cotton bud For 40 uh, years Is
7: that true That sounds
6: Who knows but were people lying on Twitter? What? Uh, I once threw a dart into someone's foot very hard. I had a bad aim. They then shoved a p- pull cue up my arm. Oh, my goodness gracious me. Um, there's a couple of others. Uh, 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 my son was riding his mother care bike with a stick in his hand. He came off, the stick went into the roof of his mouth. Oh, man. Has anyone ever had that thing? Do you know you know why there's a hole? Let's ask Kelly if she knows. Kelly, mm-hmm. you know Biro pens, right? You know yep. you take the, the thing out, the yep. thing out, and you've got a clear plastic tube. tube yeah. right? You know there's a hole in the side?
8: No, I never knew that.
6: There's a tiny hole in the so- side. Right. Why is that hole there?
8: Well, I didn't know it was. I would say so. The ink. What are we talking about today? Things getting. Oh, so that if you swallow it, you can still breathe?
6: You've got it, you've got it, <laughs> Is well that done. Why? Yeah. <laughs>
8: but surely you'd still be able to breathe because holes at each end.
6: <laughs> Fair point. But has anybody ever, because you're always, you're right, you've got a stitch. Mm. What, what happened?
7: Sharp stabbing pain, I've had it a couple of days now.
6: Oh, probably something serious. Yeah. Get that sorted out. Yeah, right. Uh, but has anyone ever run along with a lollipop stick or a pen in their mouth and fallen over and it gone in? Because My
7: mum tells me a story about a lipstick lid. She had it in her mouth, fell off the back of the bed, went into the roof of her mouth. She was a child.
6: They do stupid stuff. They do do stupid stuff. 08459 45555 ever had anything stuck inside of your body. Now, the government has approved plans for a rail freight terminal on the outskirts of St Albans in the face of eight years of fierce local opposition developers. Helio Slough uh, have been given the go-ahead for the huge interchange at the old Radlett Aerodrome site at Park Street. Now all they have to do is convince Hertfordshire County
11: Council to sell them the land. Well, Justin, you've, you've been there this morning, haven't mm, you? I have. I'm uh, on Park Street in the centre of Radlett as we currently speak, which is uh, very close to where this rail freight terminal will be if, of course, it does eventually happen. Not a done deal yet. Um, what I would say, Park Street is incredibly busy. Not just a, a at rush hour, but I was actually here yesterday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. This is a, a very, very busy road. Um, eight years this decision has taken. I've been talking to locals this morning. They are not happy about this. Here's what they had to say. Well, Cheryl, we're here in, in Radlett this morning. Um, you're waking up to the news that, that planning permission has been granted um, as a local resident. What's your thoughts on that? Well, very concerned because all, uh, all the lorries coming through Radlett, all heavy lorries, causing a lot of traffic mayhem and obviously uh, very concerned about it yes is it the decision that you've been dreading now for, for quite some time yes absolutely yeah very very much so yeah we've been hoping that the appeals will be successful
17: but obviously they've gone ahead they've gone ahead so we're very concerned we still we're still
11: uh, intending to to see if we can fight it and madam your reaction to the fact that planning permission has been given for this site
15: i'm not that surprised because they don't seem to have any regard for locals around here at the moment for planning permission on anything
11: and how upset are you about that decision?
15: I think it's really poor. It's a really nice place. And we don't need, like, massive trucks coming through day and night.
11: So if this goes ahead, this lovely area, would you go as far as saying it'll be ruined?
15: It will be on its way to being ruined because the roads aren't up for having a freight terminal here. So what are they going to do about that?
11: Stephen, I've just broken the news to you. Um, what's your
25: reaction? Uh, you need a rail freight terminal somewhere. But why they're planting it in the middle of the green belt instead of Luton or, I think the other place is, Slough, where they actually want
11: it, I do not know. I don't think the people in Luton or Slough want it either, to be fair. Uh,
25: I think quite a lot of them do. Certainly the councils do, as we mm. understand it. But it's the wrong place here. It's in the middle of the green belt. It's a bit of countryside that needs to be preserved because it's one of the last proper rural bits inside the M25. Will it destroy Radlet and Park Street? No, that puts it too high, but it'll damage them. Mm. So the roads can't cope? The roads will be very full, the railway station is already overused and very heavily used uh, and the, the process of building it will cause a lot of damage.
11: Rachel, give me your thoughts on the fact that planning permission has now been granted for the
15: site. I think it's absolutely terrible, I think it'll ruin the, our village, I think it'll be too much traffic, too much noise, it'll ruin the countryside. It's such a pretty place to live, where it is, I used to live there, so I just don't think it's, uh, it's good for us at all. I don't see any advantages to it. I'm absolutely shocked that you've told me that because I thought it had been, that um, permission hadn't been granted and there were lots of action groups to
11: make sure that it didn't go ahead. Well, it's not actually a done deal because Helios now don't actually own the land, but, right. but the government have given it the permission now to, to, to be built. But obviously, it's not a done deal yet. So, so will you now? Fight this with local oh, people. You get together yeah. and try and do something about oh, this. Yeah.
15: So I've been to I've been to meetings at the Radlett Centre, and the whole place was packed out. It was standing room only, and virtually everybody is against it. There was a, unfortunately I can't remember her name, an, an MP from um, St Albans. Anne Main. That's the one. and maine and uh, no, everybody is against it. I don't I don't know anybody who wants it. Um, it'll completely, you can see this is a lovely place to live, it'll completely transform
11: our way of life. We'll be speaking to a, a campaigner in a second, just very quickly. Is, is this mm. a
6: case of nimbyism, do you think?
11: Well, the thing is, you know, if I'm looking at this for, from a traffic point of view, I mean, personally, and this is just my personal view, I, I don't think that, that traffic will be able to cope here. So, so I can understand people's views here, because Park Street is such a, a busy road. To so have all that extra traffic on there, I don't think it will be able to cope. But, of course, um, it's not the end. Um, Hertfordshire County Council, they own this land, and they now, of course, they're under huge pressure from these local people and the campaigners to to hold out and refuse to sell that land. So so this fight will go on for the locals and the campaigners. Justin, thank you very much. I'm joined now by Cathy
6: uh, Bolshaw, who is a campaigner. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, you, Ian. You, uh, um, the, the, I was going to say work with, that's not the right word, but uh, let's use it, you work with a group called Strife. What does Strife... Strife, do and what what does it stand for?
26: Strife um, stands, is is a campaign, the campaign group um, that was uh, formed eight years ago to specifically and only to fight this uh, monstrous proposal.
6: So, what's your reaction to the news that that broke yesterday? Well,
26: obviously gutted. I have to say, not entirely surprised, um, to be fair, but when you see it in black and white it does kind of bring it home and yes it is it is a travesty for this area of Hertfordshire. It
6: must be um quite gutting after eight years or so of uh, campaigning to 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 get this decision. Yes it is it is
26: quite frankly um and it it is because it's just so it's just such the wrong place for this particular uh, proposal um as a strategic rail freight interchange it, as far as we, the numbers just do not still stack up, um, and it just doesn't point that it will work as a strategic rail freight interchange, and that is the point. Ian. And the point, other point is that I'd like to make is that it really should be a national cohesive. Um, assessment as to where these strategic rail freight interchanges should be cited nationally so that then they do work, so that they're integrated with the ports, they're integrated with the rail systems, they're integrated with the freight network. Um, There really should be a, a national cohesive approach to all of this.
6: Well, in decision, you say it's not the right place. The Secretary of State said seems to think it is. Why do you think the Secretary of State is seeing it differently from the campaigners?
26: As I understand it, um, it's basically the Secretary of State's been under huge pressure from Network Rail, and as I understand, Network Rail have said that um, they will have and um, they will take a strategic welfare interchanges anywhere, and that they will work. Um, but, of course, they're not taking into account, really, and they've never given us any figures or anything else um, on how it will affect the passenger side of things. When, of course, this, this particular, you know, the Thameslink line is one of the busiest passenger lines in the country.
6: Hertfordshire County Council own the land, or they own it in a three-way split with a couple of other companies. Sure. What do you think they might do? Because they could scupper the whole thing, absolutely,
26: couldn't they? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's basically where we're at now, is you know the pressure is back on Harts County Council um, and the, you know, what they decide to do. Uh, they don't. They, do not have, they legally do not have to sell the land. If they're, offered,
6: um, if they're offered a load of cash when councils are struggling, you course. can see why that would be very tempting, can't you? Of course, absolutely. But they could go for change of use. Mm.
26: So, you know, they have got different options. Um, it's certainly not the end of the road yet. Um, it's a very big blow. And, um, you know, obviously we will be talking to Harts County Council shortly, we are talking to our legal advisers as well, and we'll wait to see what St Albans District Council decide to do as well.
6: Do you think that there is more battle in this? I mean, I, th- I, think, it's some- I think Anne was saying it's something like a million pounds of public money has mm. been spent fighting yeah. this. Is-, is it time, Cathy, and, uh, you know, I hate to say this is it time to admit defeat?
26: I, I think, to be honest with you, I mean, you've heard from Justin, you know, the strength of feeling against this proposal. Um, it is virtually, you know, 100%. And I think as long as there is, while there is still a chance, then we will still keep fighting it.
6: Cathy, I appreciate your time. Uh, no doubt we'll speak about this as this story progresses over the next few weeks and months. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Kathy Bolshaw, 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, it's BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs>
14: The M1 heading southbound, looking rather heavy at the moment on the speed sensors between junction 12 Flittick and junction 11 of Dunstable. The A1M also looking rather heavy just between junction 8 for Stevenage and junction 7. And the M25 heading anti clockwise, slow moving between junction 21A for St Albans and junction 15, the M4. The A414 is looking rather heavy around the Park Street roundabout and slow moving on the Great Cambridge Road, heading southbound between Church Lane and College. Road. So far, on the trains, and no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much.
6: It's eight sixteen. It's Tuesday, the fifteenth of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Plans for a massive rail freight terminal on Greenbelt land on the outskirts of St Albans have been given the go-ahead by the government. The application by developers Helio Slough is for the former Radlett Aerodrome site. The Defence Secretary, Philip Hammond, is expected to be the new Foreign Secretary following William Hague's decision to stand down in the government reshuffle. And a rally's due to take place in Hertfordshire this morning in protest at the sacking of a firefighter for comments he made on social media about strike action.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio. And his Radio's big tour of beds, hearts
18: and bucks. Absolutely picturesque. Beautiful bridge to drive over. It's always been a lovely village. Local, you know, and uh, quiet. And all this week, we're featuring some
3: of our North Bedfordshire villages. There's so much going on here. So much.
4: Living rural, you have rural uh, atmosphere.
3: Inviting everyone to where you live.
0: It's a gorgeous village. Very picturesque.
5: I think even when it's raining, it, it looks nice because it's villagey and pretty. If
3: you've got a Story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it.
5: It is home to us and it's just a lovely village. Once you've moved here, you'll never leave.
3: I'll be here for a long time, I hope. The big tour of beds, hearts, and bucks from BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio. I could probably kill a bird if I had to. Well, and considering we are both trained marksmen, yes, I was looking at those pictures um, just yesterday. We should do that again. That was fun. I yeah, enjoyed I'd that. Like to, I'd like to go and we, we shot clay pigeons last time. I think something a little bit friskier. There's a, like a w- there's a wood pigeon that yep. lands on my chimney yep. as I found this morning at four o'clock. I could I could shoot that. Yeah, well, no doubt about it. Do it. Do, do it. You're can legally Can you do it. that? Yeah, of course you can. Can you shoot pigeons in your own garden? Yep, of course you can. Really. I'm pretty sure. Does anyone know where I can get tooled
6: up? Oh eight four five nine four double five. (laughs) Five double five. Is that (laughs) is that your big question today?
1: (laughs) Where can I get a gun? (laughs) Where can I get a gun? I want to shoot a bird. Uh, what is your big question today? Coming up on the big phone-in today, we're kind of uh, doing a follow-on from yesterday's programme. Oh, yeah. going to be asking, do you think we need more women doing the top jobs? Oh. Uh, the news front pages, they split this morning between the Cabinet reshuffle that's brought more women into power and the church vote, which we discussed yesterday and has given the thumbs-up to women bishops for the first time. On the Cabinet reshuffle, the Independent leads with Massacre of the Men in Suits. Oh, yeah. The Daily Mail top line reads, Now it's time for the rise of the women. Well, yesterday on my show, Steve from Luton shocked everyone by arguing very forcefully that women are generally not as intelligent as men and they do not belong in positions of power. Gosh. Well, from Nine This Morning, I want your views on this. Do you think we need more women doing the top jobs? Mm. 08459 455555. I'd love to hear from you.
3: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
1: This
13: is Ian Lee.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio. Right,
6: oh, 08459 455555 five, five, five is the phone number. We're asking uh, any sympathy for a 70-year-old charity worker who uh, parked for seven seconds. Outside of school and got fined uh, 70 quid. I don't have any sympathy for her. You shouldn't have stopped there. We're also asking, what things have you had stuck in your body? I know. Tread carefully. Ken has emailed him. When I was a kid, I threw a dart which stuck in my brother's back. He rang, screaming to find my mum with me, chasing to try and pull the dart out before my mum saw it. Luckily, I just made it so he could only show a red dot with some blood. Like a ninja assassin. Uh, And let's do a couple of uh, texts. Ian, I got a two-inch nail in my finger twice i got a piece of wood in my hand from sliding down a ladder and bits of metal in various th- fingers, said David. Here we go, here we go. My friend fell out of a tree when I was young and got impaled on a street sign. That's what we want, isn't it? Isn't it? Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five is the telephone number, if you want to give us... Oh, my gosh, there's a picture of a bit of metal in his finger. Is that real or is that one of those tricks? No, that's
7: Gaz's nail in his finger.
6: Ah, Painful. On to slightly more serious issues, the life of a 20-year-old disabled man from Dunstable is being put in danger as a result of council cuts. That's according to his mum. We spoke to her about an hour ago. Joshua Newman has experienced problems travelling by bus to Barnfield College ever since Luton Borough Council withdrew funding for transport for the elderly and disabled. He's registered blind, he's autistic, he has uh, trouble hearing, he has various other issues. He's allowed to travel part of the journey... Um, using his bus pass Then when he gets to the Luton borders well, He's not allowed to get on a bus Joined by um, uh, Mick Dillon From the Disability Resource Centre in Dunstable. Morning Mick Morning Ian you, you come across this kind of story regularly
23: uh, I think it's going to happen more and more I mean Luton have uh, had issues with their transport policy For a number of uh, years now And this is complete nonsense And uh, I think the chickens have come home to roost really <laughs>
6: Why should someone like Joshua get free transport, even at peak time?
23: Well, I think, you know, having a disability costs money. Uh, And autism, notwithstanding the other conditions he may have, autism is one of those borderline conditions that isn't always recognised by local authorities as having an impact on on the individual and the family. So a a disability costs money. Uh, and a lot of uh, people can't afford to have their own vehicles and taxes are expensive so community transport it becomes key and you know Luton's track record with the dialer ride uh, over the last six months you know uh, and now the community transport in terms of, of buses you know exemptions it just means that it's actually reducing the independence choice and control for disabled people when the government and local authorities are supposed to be doing the most they can.
6: Luton Borough Council blame the government for withdrawing funding for peak travel for the disabled and the elderly. And Corners you know, do have to be cut, don't they, Mick? Lots of money has to be saved, and if they can save money by excluding uh, free transport at peak... It's only at peak times, Uh, and
23: is that a worthwhile saving? Well, uh, transport is such an anomaly that the tail wags the dog in transport, so the operators actually decide what routes are provided and the frequency of buses. And I've never known in all my years why that is the case. If you commission a service, it should be done by people's need and ridership. Um, You know, the busway... Uh, in Luton Dunstable, within a few months of opening, uh, the operator was saying, it's a fantastic success. We want to do it more and more. Well, that's proven not to be the case necessarily. Uh, and so, you know, transport is the anomaly where, you know, what do people really need? You actually, you're given uh, what the, the bus companies decide, and then you fit into it. Uh, and here you see that, on this example, that the policy doesn't work for a young lad who actually wants to uh, go into education, Better himself uh, uh, and lead a conventional life uh, with uh, direction as well.
6: Mick, uh, stay there. I want to bring in Dave Taylor, in charge of transport at Luton Borough Council. Morning, Dave. Good morning. Why are are some uh, areas in Bedfordshire able to uh, maintain peak-free transport for disabled and elderly, and Luton Luton aren't?
17: Yeah, I mean that's a difficult decision we have to make, and I've got uh, uh, every sympathy um with with this particular individual um it does disturb me um but it's a difficult decision that we had to make by withdrawing um peak time travel uh and we're left with the national scheme which is operated by 80% of the local authorities we haven't withdrawn his pass because that would have been issued by central bedfordshire because he lives in dunstable um but it is it is, it, 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 it it disturbs me and uh, hopefully something can be done um, if he talks to us, or Barnfield College. But um, I think the problem is that he get, he changes buses in Luton.
6: Yeah, because <laughs> Arriva say that because he starts his journey in central beds, he he, he, sh- he should be entitled to free travel, even when he crosses the border into Luton. And that seems to be the problem. What what can you do about it, Dave?
17: Yeah, I mean, my understanding is if, if he boards a bus in Dunstable um, to Luton, then that's fine, but you couldn't do it the other way after half-past nine in the morning, so... He
6: has to change. That's, that's the problem, isn't
17: it? Yeah, well, the problem... Well, I, lo- I looked at it yesterday yeah. um, and, and checked with officers, and he lives in central Dunstable. Um, if he gets the number 24 service, the Uriva 24, it'll take him direct to Barnfield College, where he doesn't have to change. From
6: Dunstable, the 24 Dunstable. goes, does it?
17: From Church Street in Dunstable, the number okay. 24, the Uriva will then take him straight to Barnfield College without changing. I mean, the problem isn't getting home. It's actually, I see the problem is getting there. Yeah,
6: yeah. OK, well, we'll certainly put that... I mean, I don't know the, I don't know the exact bus routes. Obviously, you know it better than me. And mm. We'll certainly suggest that to, yeah. uh, to his mum and see how that's gone on. <laughs> how much money is, is, is Luton saving by withdrawing uh, funding for free peak travel for the disabled uh, and elderly? It can't uh, be that much.
17: Uh, it's, it's a saving of £240,000 a year. That's the maximum we can save.
6: Is it worthwhile, Dave? Because it, 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 some people might consider it to be a, a bit cold. It,
17: it, it, it is, it is. And I, I receive lots of phone calls from, from elderly people. Um, I said, no, we're not doing a bus pass, we're doing a national bus pass scheme, which is, which is enshrined in law. Um, it came in 2009, uh, which a- a- allows free travel on buses between 9.30 in the morning and 11 o'clock at night. Um, So people change their travelling habits. I mean, I did. I've I've got a bus pass, and instead of travelling at 20 past nine, I travel at 20 to 10.
6: Mick, it's, it's a lot of money that they're saving, and, and, and Dave's right. They're not totally getting rid of the bus pass system. It's still there. It just means you have to go after half past nine. Is that not fair enough?
23: Well, that depends on, on when colleges start as well, of course, to be fair. And if you think you have a disability, you know, you want to actually fit in and not be treated differently and, and special, if I use such a word. You know, and if college starts at nine o'clock, you want and need to be there at nine o'clock. I suppose the
6: argument could be, Mick, if you want to be treated, uh, in inverted commas, as normal, whatever that means, then some people might say, well, hang on, I don't get free bus travel.
23: But then society doesn't discriminate in quite the same way. Mm. And I think that's a much bigger issue. I think the other thing is I'm on record quite a few months ago when Councillor Taylor may have been at the older person's partnership board where I said that this is actually a false economy. Because while you're saving 250 or 40,000, whatever, you know, the reality is that on personalisation agenda, where people have support plans to achieve what they want in life, there's actually got to be more resources provided so transport can be taken out of the equation. And I think, you know, the the headline is 240,000 saved. But, you know, as with most things behind the scenes, the detail will actually show that it's having to be reinvested elsewhere to make people have that independence choice and control.
6: Dave, final word to you.
23: Yeah, I mean uh, the disabilities transport.
17: Well, I mean we we're working on that at the moment with the demise of of, of Dialeride, and the situation is that we may be asking Dialeride to come back into Luton to support to, to support disabled transport, and um, we've got a program that'll that'll try and resolve that. So that's 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 a side issue, but it does worry worry me about this 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 young chap. And if his mother contacts us, I mean, I can give you out my email address uh, Dave, hang on one second. Brenda, Brenda has
6: just called in. Good morning, Brenda. Good morning. Thanks for coming back on. If you could just turn your radio off in the background. You, you heard what Dave was saying there. If you get the number, was it the number 24, Dave?
17: <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 would,
6: 24. that would solve the problem, Brenda.
19: Yes, we've looked into that. And the problem is it's not always on time. So... But sometimes that's, it that's, leaves it leaves really early and secondly when my son is on that bus because it takes an hour and a half he's constantly wa- looking at his watch constantly to think you know am i going to be late am i going to be late this is the whole point you know with autism you know it's not that straightforward but, it's
6: but it's- brenda brenda listen but it's bus some buses are early and some buses are late that that happens and and uh, you can't um, it would be difficult to blame the bus company or the council if there is a direct bus uh, uh, that, that, that goes from where you live to the college and, and the only problem is that it takes too long. The, the journey's an hour and a half. Maybe, and I don't, let me just put this out there, maybe y- y- perhaps if the bus journey is too long, you, you might need to look at alternatives then.
19: Well, this is the whole point of this new busway, which is supposed to be so fantastic. You know, he can get on it, it's really quick, it's fast. He feels comfortable using it. He's still left left so that he can be independent, but as soon as he hits Luton, he, he, he's stuck. And that's the point, you know, that I mean there's this big hype about how fantastic this busway is, but if he can't use it, what it it can't be that fantastic, surely.
17: Dave yeah, it sounds like he is using the busway because he whizzes down from from, uh, from, from Dunstable and, uh, and gets off at the interchange where I, he must get the number 24 at the interchange after um, yes, Barnfield College, and I think that's where the problem is. That's and right. It's not, it, the 24 is not the fastest bus service in the world. Um, it does have quite a number of stops. I mean, I can give give you my. If I give you my email address, then then please contact me. We try and work something out with Barnfield
6: College. I tell you what we'll do, Dave. Listen, I appreciate you coming on, particularly after yesterday. Uh, You're a good sport. Uh, We will put you two in touch with each other, and Brenda, you can have a chat with Dave yourself and see if maybe he he can pull a few strings or sort or come up with some other suggestions. Is that okay, Brenda? Okay, yeah. Thank you very much indeed, Dave. Thank you, uh, and Councillor Dave Taylor, Mick Dillon as well. It's eight thirty-one. Let's get the travel news.
14: rather slow-moving on the Great North Road approaching the roadworks at the Black Cat roundabout. The M1 is looking very heavy at the moment, heading southbound between Junction 12 for Flittig and Junction 11 at Dunstable Road. The A1M also slow-moving between Junction 8 and Junction 7 for Stevenage. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, very slow-moving between Junction 21A for St Albans and Junction 15 the M4. The A414 is looking slow around the Park Street roundabout and also very slow-moving on the great cambridge road between church lane and college road no reported problems or delays to the trains nicola richards bbc three counties radio
13: across beds hearts and bugs
14: this is bbc three counties radio
0: With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. Plans for a massive rail freight terminal on Greenbelt land on the outskirts of St Albans have been given the go-ahead by the government. The application by developers Helio Slough is for the former Radlett aerodrome site. The Defence Secretary, Philip Hammond, is expected to be the new Foreign Secretary following William Hague's decision to stand down in the government reshuffle. And a rally is due to take place in Hertfordshire this morning in protest at the sacking of a firefighter for comments he made on social media about strike action.
13: Three Counties Sports.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Brazil coach Luis Felipe Scolari has resigned after their fourth place finish at the World Cup. The BBC's South American football correspondent Tim Vickery says it's not a big shock after the defeats by Germany and Holland.
16: I'm not sure how much he's quit and how much he's been pushed, but really from the minute that the fifth goal probably went in, from Germany against Brazil in that semi-final before the ha- half-hour mark, Scolari was
0: already the ex-coach of Brazil. Milton Keynes Dons cruised to a 6-0 win in their first pre-season friendly on their trip to Ireland. The goal scorers against St James's Gate included Deli Ali with two and new signing Tom Hitchcock. The Dons play Drogheda this evening. Also this evening, Stevenage make the short trip to Barnet. One of Luton's new signings, defender Paul Connolly says they can repeat the success of last season in League Two. The Hatters are back from their Portugal training camp. Connolly says it's a strong squad.
17: You can tell why the why they were so successful last year so for me It can only be a good thing because I'm joining a successful team. Okay, it was a level below, but I don't think there's much between the levels. So I really think the success from last year will just kick us right on.
0: Olympic champion Mo Farah says he faces a race against time to be fit for this month's Commonwealth Games. Ian Poulter is an injury concern in the build-up to the Open Golf, which begins on Thursday at Royal Liverpool. Woburn-based Poulter had a scan yesterday after sustaining a wrist injury during last week's Scottish Open, where he missed the cut. And two-time champion Alberto Contador is the latest big name to crash out of the Tour de France after breaking his leg on yesterday's stage. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. Call
3: 08459 455 555.
0: BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Morning, lots to talk about. Quick recap, ever had anything stuck in your body? Turns out, loads of you had, and loads of you are also sending really rude t- texts and tweets about that. For goodness' sake,s grow up, children, grow up. Deary me, smutty, smutty, butty. Oh, um, that reminds me. Can I say that on the radio? Probably not. I thought of a really good name for a, I thought of a really good name for a dance troupe. Yesterday, um, what was it?
7: What kind of dancing we talking?
6: Um, uh, like street dancing. <laughs> oh, what was it? I thought of a really good name. Oh. oh no, it's quite offensive, I can't say it.
7: Oh well, thanks for sharing that there or you not.
6: Uh, <laughs> it was, I can't share it. I can't share it. I'll tell I'll tell you um, I'll tell you later.
7: Okay. I look forward to
6: that. Yeah, okay. It's not it's not worth it, it's very childish. Uh, what have you had stuck in your body? There's a seventy-one year old charity worker stopped for seven seconds on the zigzaggy lines outside of school. She got a parking ticket, got 70 quid, she had to pay it. Ah, uh, any sympathy for her at all? I don't have any. I don't have any. Doesn't matter what she was there or how long she was there for. Um, she was there. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. And we just heard the story there about, uh, a, a young lad, Joshua. He's blind, he's autistic, he's 20 years old, and there's a little bit of argy-bargy with his bus pass. Matt's in Luton. Morning, Matt. Hello. What would you like to say, boss?
4: Uh, When I went, a couple of months ago, I went for a a blood test, and I had a cholesterol test, so I had to fast. So I got on the bus about, it must have been eight o'clock, quarter past eight. Yeah. He said, sorry, mate, you can't use your pass till half past nine. I said, you're joking. I said, how much do you want? And he said, two pounds, something. Yeah. I said, you can shove your bus up your, how's your father? Gosh. And I walked. Wow. Uh, I can't understand why this is yet in Dunstable. You can come from Dunstable at any yeah. time in the morning, especially I met a guy in the hospital, and I was talking to him about it Fun times. and he
6: says you can come, go straight any time you want. Why is this we too different well in well Luton have made the decision mm. uh to get rid of peak uh time travel for the elderly and the disabled and it saved them over two hundred thousand pounds a year yeah a year. Yeah, so, so a lot of they're, money. They're
4: not really interested in the elderly person's health. So when I got to the hospital for me uh, test, yeah. I was a bit out of the nurse said, "You better relax." Uh, beautiful. She said, "What happened?" I said, "Well, I, I couldn't get on the bus, so I walked." She said, "That's a disgrace." <laughs> I said, "You want to tell that to the Valley Bus Station?"
6: Matt, let me play devil's advocate. Why should you get free transport all of the time? You get it after half past nine, that's good enough. Sorry, Ian. If you've
4: gone for a blood test, and you've got to be fast and you've got to be there early because you've got such a cue when you get there anyway. Yeah. Have you been for a blood
6: yeah, test? Yeah, I have. No, I know you. T- in some places Have you a were... blood test?
4: Uh, yeah, I have. Well, how long would you wait
6: in that test? Oh, I was only waiting for five minutes. I went private. Oh, well, I'm joking. This I'm is joking. The old old story, no, right? I'm joking. Do they have that system there? Where, you, where it's like being at the the butchers in the Tesco's. You take a little paper ticket with your number on. it? Yeah, you wait come for up that. with a ticket. Yeah. you could be forty people ahead of you. you. You could you could spend a long time there. You're and right. all this time you are fasting in. Yeah.
4: I suppose you're. It, it's, it's just and all it means really is the doctor to write on the, the ticket urgent,
6: and you'll go straight in. Well, hang on a minute, but why, whoa, Matt, why would you, why would you be urgent just because you've, you've um, taken more footsteps in your lifetime than I've taken? Because of the fasting, isn't it? Yeah, but everyone has to fast when they go for a blood test, don't they? You see, there
4: we are again. You are making, you're splitting hairs, and that... but well, no, I'm not splitting hairs.
6: You said you should be given special treatment because you've been fasting. Well, lots of people are fasting when they go. So you, you're basically, you, you just want them to hurry up so you can go and have a, a biscuit.
4: So, you know, it's a waste of time talking to you sometimes. I'm trying to get something sorted out and you to help me out. But that's what you're supposed to be there for, to help us.
6: I don't think so.
4: No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. <laughs> I'm thinking about a young kid. They're a disgrace to save a few quid. And then you see all them benefit programs last night paying out millions to these people coming from abroad so
6: you're starting me off again Ian I, I like starting you off I'm, I'm sounding like Steve am I <laughs> you're not sounding that bad Matt thank you very much four double five five double five. honestly it's one of the greatest joys in my life uh, and I'm so blessed I'm so lucky that uh, I am allowed to wind up Matt in Luton at least two or three times a week it really does make life worthwhile uh, Glenn's in Latin buzzer morning Morning, Glenn. Morning, yeah. Glenn what would you like to say uh, you, you, just before eight o'clock, you said about the speed limit on the A5. This was Leslie who called in, who seems to think that there is no speed limit on the A5. Well, the A5 is a seventy mile an hour speed limit. Right. I got caught speeding. I was doing one hundred
20: and eleven. I got banned. Good. Uh, but he said we don't cross. We normally we normally don't do anything unless it's erratic driving.
6: Yeah. Uh, eighty mile an hour. They will allow eighty mile an hour. What do you mean that? Who said that? That was the policeman that booked me. That is... Glenn, that is utter, utter guff. Mm, but he did. No, it's rubbish. So, no, the, the police aren't going to let you do 80 miles an hour on a 70-mile-an-hour road. That's what he said to me. What on earth are you doing 111 for, you plum? Well, I was trying out my new car. Oh, Glenn, go away, you naughty boy. We do not condone that in the slightest. Hey, here's something I'm going to put in your mind. Uh, and I've noticed this a lot recently. 11 minutes past 11... Constantly, have you, have you ever had this case? You're going to notice it today. If not today, certainly over this week. 11 minutes past 11. The number of times I look at my w- clock in the car or my watch, it's 11 past 11. One, 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 one.
8: Mine's always 10.38. Is it really? Yes, and I always think, oh, what, 3.8? One of our frequencies. Hey!
6: Oh no. I wonder. I wonder if Catherine's got um, a specific time that she sees on her watch.
7: No, I haven't got a watch. What? I haven't got a watch. I don't wear a watch.
6: We what? wanted
8: Glenn to stay on the line. Yeah, we did. We were trying Glenn, to do something. Can you ring back?
6: Oh, okay. Hang on, I'll ring him. Oh yeah. Okay. That's will I'll ring him. I'll ring him. He's so. But she doesn't wear a watch. What a idiot! Yeah, deviant. but she can
8: still see clocks. Yeah. I don't know why if she not If I didn't
6: want. Have you got a specific? Voice. Can she? Can you hear me, Kath?
7: Yeah. Just about what?
6: Have you got a specific time that you see? I see eleven eleven all the time. No. <laughs> 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 Flip it, egg. <laughs>
7: I
8: can answer for her if you like. Okay. I can pretend her to be her. conversation. Go on. Go on. Yeah, I always look at clock and see 7.41. In the PM. Hello, Glenn. And I always think... I want to put bombs. you through, if I may. They're like... Surprise. Oh, surprise. I'm going to put you through now. at so
6: being flirty with the, the fellas and being cold with the women.
7: Glenn's on Fader Glenn's
6: 2. Back. OK, right. Uh, why have I got... Gl- OK, Glenn, you're on Fader 2. Why have I got Glenn well, back? look who's on Fader 1. Oh, hello! Lynn! Hello. Hello. Yes. Oh, well, only How are you? Oh, how
27: are you? Thank you for being I'm so very nice well, about you. me. You're welcome. You're a very, you're obviously a very sweet man and very discerning. Because you, I'm already Ian, in the car here. <laughs> Ian, Ian thinks I'm common. No, not at all. And you said nice things about me, so I'm really grateful for that. You're very welcome, and I'm glad they sorted the boiler out for you over Christmas. And where do you um, re- where do you live in the three counties? I don't.
20: I actually live in Northampton, but I uh, travel to Leighton Buzzard every day.
22: Oh have
27: you been listening to that fabulous, um, you know, the Treasure Quest? Oh, on a Saturday, yes. With yeah, we, Jonathan, yeah. on now. Yeah. And it used to be the three counties, and now it's them against Northamptonshire, isn't
20: it? I listen to them. I'm I- I'm torn between the both, to be honest.
27: I actually helped the tiny clue on Saturday. It wasn't much help, but I helped a little bit. Don't you think? Who won? James? I think I,
20: it was, I it think was three counties. No, it oh, was three counties, but by a couple of seconds. Oh, it was second. oh that's right. Yes, Then got there eleven fifty-nine. That's right. It was so close, but yeah. Well, so What's how are you doing today,
27: Lynn? Well, I don't. Well, I'm listening to three counties, obviously. They're going to play a silly song now, aren't they? I can hear it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ian, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Ian. <laughs>
20: we'll have to go and have a meal one day.
27: That would be nice, as long as... I wouldn't want to interfere if you're in a relationship, or anything. but I'm quite... No, 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 just a
20: plutonic or
27: platonic relationship. Well, exactly, because I'm quite... I'm
20: quite old... You don't sound old. I'm going to be 60 soon. Well, that's only five five years more than me. That's alright then. We can do that, can't we? We certainly can. That would be
27: really nice. I'd like that. I'll, I'll not No, pay you, don't have to, you don't have to pay. You don't have to pay. What's your accent? Because it doesn't sound like Northampton. No, oh, I'm from Telford originally. In Shropshire. Oh, I Shropshire, yeah. Yeah. But he this sounded... is the posh, posh end of Shropshire. Oh, is it? Well, you couldn't get up from a meal with me then, because according to Ian, I'm common.
20: Oh.
27: <laughs> it was very sweet, because after that programme, I got a text from a friend of mine, Derek. He's a taxi driver. He's a lovely man. And yeah. he sent me a text saying, I think you've got an admirer. And he also put in this text, and you don't sound common, you sound quite posh. <laughs> and he put in this text, apparently they're going to hook you up next time. How embarrassing is that? <laughs> 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 but I'm glad that you
23: kid your real time. Je
2: viens entretter.
17: Ich bin
13: entretter. Ich
14: The M1 heading southbound, very heavy moving on camera between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and also Junction 10 for Luton Airport. Very heavy moving in St Albans on Hatfield Road, just at Catherine Street. And taking a look at the A414, that's looking rather slow moving around the Park Street roundabouts. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise, slow moving between Junction 21A for St Albans and Junction 15 at the M4. So far, taking a look at the trains, everything seems to be running to time. No reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Nicola, thank you very much. 8.46 on this romantic Tuesday, the 15th of July. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties' Lovers Radio. Plans for a massive rail freight terminal on Greenbelt land on the outskirts of St Albans have been given the go-ahead by the government. The application by developers Helio Slough is for the former Radlett Aerodrome site. The Defence Secretary, Philip Hammond, is expected to be the new Foreign Secretary following William Hague's decision to stand down in the government reshuffle. And a rally is due to take place in Hertfordshire this morning in protest at the sacking of a firefighter for comments he made on social media about strike action. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts
18: and bucks weather.
13: BBC Three Counties Radio.
18: Good morning. We're already starting to see some sunny spells across all three counties actually. The cloud thinning and breaking in many areas and the temperature rising is already around 18 Celsius in some parts. It's likely to get up to around 24, maybe 25 Celsius later if the sun comes out for long enough. Overnight tonight, dry, clear, the wind staying light. Minimum temperature in the rural spots, 13 Celsius. And for tomorrow dry, bright and sunny. Through the afternoon, an increased amount of cloud could lead to one or two showers as the heat really starts to rise. We're dragging in some very humid, warm air from the south. We're looking at a maximum tomorrow of 26 Celsius. And that's your forecast.
6: Thank you very much,
3: Kate. Every weekday from three.
20: Spend your afternoons talking about beds, hearts and bucks. It's an amazing venue. If you haven't been to Amstel Park, get along. It's absolutely beautiful.
6: Discussing the biggest stories.
3: In terms of our people, we've invested five million pounds to recruit new nurses.
6: In the company of friends. Howard Berry, and Brown, Amanda Devlin. Amanda, what have you been watching this week?
3: I went to the Happy Days.
6: And debating the week's hottest topics. The biggest problem is, is actually lack of money, lack of opportunities, poor availability of training. The use of CCTV spy to catch people's parking illegally is to be banned.
3: Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three. BBC Three
6: Counties Radio. Justin Dealey, Justin Dealey, Hello. Justin Dealey, Justin
11: Dealey, Bye. Justin Dealey. Where are you going? Hello? Justin? Hello, boss, how are you doing? What are you, are you doing? Well, I was having a conversation with uh, your um, executive producer, can we call it? Well, uh, I don't think I have one here. Uh, yeah, good point, actually. What, what name are you referring to? Uh, it was Kelly.
6: BATS!
8: Hello.
11: BATS!
8: I was briefing him up. BATS! I was preparing him for air. BATS!
11: She was, was harassing me I about what's flaking. You're not an executive producer.
8: I was making sure that um, he was already for air and he was... High BATS!
6: <laughs> Justin. Yes, boss. Now, this is an interesting one. I didn't think we'd get anything on this. It's sometimes I throw out nonsense things that sound funny to me, but mm. I, I expect no response, OK? Yeah. We've had loads of response on this. Incredible story in uh, the papers... Uh, it's in the sun. The picture of a lad. Amazing pictures. He was running along down the hallway and he got the door handle rammed into his arm. Wow. Under his flesh. It is <laughs> hoary blur, but fascinating as well at the same mm. time. Mm. Uh, and I've been asking people all morning, what have you had stuck in you? Yeah, we've got a few jokers on Twitter who've been, been making vulgar suggestions. It's not
11: clever. It's not big. There's nothing funny about that. Uh, but have you been out asking people about this? Yes, I'll I'm uh, I'm in Radley this morning. What I I love about my job, Ian, it's so varied. So earlier we were asking people about rail freight terminals, okay? And uh, this big breaking news story here in Radley and Park Street. Now, whilst I'm here as well, I've also been getting stories about what's been stuck in you. (laughs) Um, I hate to... (laughs) What's coming up right now is pretty graphic. So just to warn our listeners now, what you're about to hear is disgusting, but these are true stories. Ian, here's what happened in Radley. I love the fact you've had to give a
6: disclaimer
11: before we play. Oh, this is bad, this is bad, trust me. let's have a listen. Now, Adam, you've got so many stories. You worked as a medic for a year. You know somebody who got a door handle stuck in them, and it was, uh, let's just say... Very very painful. Tell us what happened. Yeah, it was an old lady, she was about eighty-seven. She was walking past um well she's actually in a flat, walking past the door with a curled door handle, um and the door handle because of her flabby
1: skin or you know the not not firm skin, it's secured its way into her tricep and ripped the skin and the tricep three quarters of the way off. Oh
11: my goodness me that must have been horrifying to see that. Oh no, it was good for me. It was great for the medic side of it, but, um, yeah, for her, it was quite horrific. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Anything else? Anything else bizarre you've seen stuck inside somebody? Yeah, I got called to a schoolboy that was messing around with uh, the rubbers on top of the pencils, and he was playing with it up his nose. The rubber came off and got secreted about three-quarters of the way up his nose canal. Sheesh. Right, I'm going to leave it there. I feel quite sick now. Thanks very much. Kevin, it's our random question of the day. What's been stuck inside you, sir? I've had the splinter the size of a matchstick through one of my
1: fingers and out the knuckle, which gave me septicemia. Put me in hospital for a week. Wow. And had to see a plastic surgeon. That's the naughtiest thing, really. Not very
11: big, but mighty. Wow. Anything else? Um, just nails and bits and pieces, splinters mainly. Yeah. It's a miracle you're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> you live living the life, I live at the sunshine, you're just still alive. Yeah, hopefully I'm gonna get um oiled up later and catch catch a few rays while building, yes. Yeah. Oh dearie, mm. dearie. He wants his stories uh, mate, I delivered.
6: You the fair play, Justin. Yeah, um, a, a lot of people, um listeners, um, people in the office, members of management, uh, people who are working on this show yeah. are really, really rude about you. I mean, yeah. some of the stuff they say is disgusting. Yeah. But
11: all of that may be true, mm. but you get the stories. Hey, listen, I don't care what they say. It's all about what comes out of the speaker. Hashtag fact.
6: You're like um, Confucius or Buddha or another wise man
11: from the Orient. Yeah, I think so.
6: Justin, thank you very much. See you later. Take Take care. care. Uh, We're asking what have you had uh, uh, stuck inside you. Barbara's in Stevenage. Good morning, Barbara.
9: Good morning.
6: Good morning.
12: My husband uh, got out of bed one night and he walked into a needle that went (laughs) in eye first. And all that was left hanging out at the bottom of his foot was the cotton. (laughs) So when he drove, he then had to drive down to A and E with a cotton sticking out of his
9: foot. Whoa, 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 whoa!
12: And when you pulled the cotton, obviously it was pulling the needle the wrong way. So we had to cut out at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs>
6: how, so, how? Oh gosh, Barbara, this is horrific. How? He did he drive himself? Yeah, we drove down. To, yes. did, did you drive him? No, he drove himself. Why did you not drive him? Because I can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very, very simple explanation. Yeah, dealt with more accidents than that. Yeah, blimey. And so what, when, uh, is it one of those things, when you turn up at the hospital with something like that, do the nurses, with the greatest of respect, do they laugh at you?
12: Well, there was quite a few people walking in and out of his
6: cubicle, I must admit, yeah. and trying to pull the cotton to see which way the needle was <laughs> going <laughs> So hang on, it went, it went right into his foot, so just the cotton was sticking out? Yeah, just the cotton oh. was sticking out. Oh, Barbara. <laughs> uh, what, was it you that left that needle on the floor? I've got a feeling it was actually. Naughty, naughty <laughs> no, Barbara. No, Naughty. Yeah, well. Brilliant. Thank you very much for that. Oh, dear. Gareth in Lower Stondon. Morning, Gareth. Morning, Ian. What How you got are you for doing? Us? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm disgusted, but I'm all I'm all right. What have you got for us? Well, um, things getting stuck in the body.
25: Yeah. Um, I... I I was once, um, having a little peanut fight, um, you know, it started out with, Sorry? you know, people chuck <laughs> a peanut fight.
6: Yes. You, you, you've had a peanut what, fight. You, but you you're just a man ch- of the world. I don't think I've ever had a peanut fight. Come on. Well, so you're just throwing peanuts at each other. Yeah. What, what a waste of peanuts, though. I love, <laughs> peanuts are God's nuts. No, hang on, that came out wrong. I love peanuts. <laughs> I love, pe- okay, so you're having a peanut fight with someone, Yeah. Yeah, having a peanut fight.
25: Um, so a group of us, we were chucking peanuts uh, around. And then um, uh, somehow one got lodged in my ear. <laughs> and it's like, oh, dear. Yeah. So um, I called mum in. She tried to get it out. And uh, she ended up pushing it in e- uh, oh, even further. mum. So uh, dad,
20: dad. Yeah,
25: dad will sort it out. Yeah, dad will sort it out, yeah. So uh, dad tries. He pushes it e- even Further. Oh, so right now I'm in excruciating pain.
10: Yeah.
25: So, um, rushed to a um A nurse had to go. She couldn't get it out. She ended up calling a doctor in. The doctor tried and he couldn't get it out either. So I was like, uh, oh no, you're going to have to have surgery. Oh no! Uh, so I'm like, no, 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 no surgery, no surgery. There must be something else you can do. How old are you when so, this is happening, Gareth? Uh, I, I was only about 18. All right.
6: Eight. Eight. Eighteen. Eighteen? So yes, you were a man? <laughs> I was a man. <laughs> when you were doing that cry voice, until like your <laughs> mum and dad, I thought you were six. You were a man, and you're begging <laughs> the doctor not to do so. Please don't do it. You're a man. You could have been in the <laughs> army. All right, go on.
25: Oh, I, know. I know. So, uh, so yeah, um, we're about to go into surgery. I said, look, there must be something else you can do. So you know what they did? Oh, hang on. They, we, can we get into a punchline here? They poured chocolate down my ear, yeah. and it came out a treat.
6: Garrus, Garrus, Ian Garris you're, Ian. Very, you're a very, very naughty boy <laughs> you're, you're banned for the rest of the week Just Think about what you've done Go away you naughty boy
7: That's a vintage joke They don't even sell treats anymore
6: <laughs> There are people going, Mum, what's a treat?
8: <laughs> I had you- to listen to all of that <laughs> so I thought, well, if, if I've had to listen to it, then I'm going to put him on air. He you, so you it now. was a joke? Yeah, I know. Right, you're banned for the right rest at the of the end. week. Only at the end, wouldn't
6: you know. Well, yeah, that was the punchline.
8: Yeah, I know. It was very convincing. I thought, I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not going to be the only ones to have heard that this morning. It's good, though, right?
6: Well, no, it was rubbish. No, actually, he's, right. he's banned for a week. You're going to get a stern seeing too. Mm?
8: I mean, Maybe Gareth um, can redeem himself if he comes back with a better not, call. Not this
6: week, thing. not this week. He's banned... Gareth from Lower Stondon is bando. Gareth, okay. if you're still
8: listening, just call him with a different name It'd be fine.
6: Yeah, that, I, I, I won't see through that, will I? No. Well, of course I won't.
8: Dave was Dennis for years. What? And John. What? He was also Sue. Sue yeah. What?
6: Dave Luton? Yeah. Phoned in using different names? Don't you remember
8: he was Sulu? And different he, voices? Yeah. No, Dennis, he, he couldn't quite get the voices. Dennis what? Has, Dennis has done it too, hasn't he?
6: What? Oh, yeah. Are you saying that the call has tricked me?
8: Basically, you've only had one call this morning, but we've just <laughs> put loads of different names on.
6: Man alive. I'm furious. I need to smash something up wonder if Mark Watts is listening. <laughs> oh, deary me. Um, oh, the podcast. Oh, yeah. Last week's uh, podcard was really good. Yeah. It was, was it?
7: Good. I didn't listen. I good, don't listen man. to it. It's always good.
6: But I, the, the, I imagine it was good because the, the show's good. Um, but Matt Lockwood is in the links. Hey, I'm go- listen, we're doing Pond Life this Thursday, OK? Mm-hmm. This is the last Thursday we're doing it. I'm going to the pond tomorrow. Are you? With Lockers, yeah. I'm going to go and see what this flipping pond in Watford is all about. And I will be making an executive decision as to whether we continue the feature, we won't, or as to whether we end the fe- feature, we will.
7: don't think that's your decision.
6: It is my decision. Otherwise, otherwise, I'll join my brothers and sisters in, the, um, in doing the strike thing.
8: Do you know what we could do, Kath?
10: Yeah.
8: We could put Matt Lockwood on as a different name. Yeah. Put the item on as a different item, yeah. label all the audio different so he thinks that he's playing something else. Definitely, just don't tell him. Just exactly. What was that? Nothing. Hmm.
13: Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
14: BBC Three Counties Radio. Rather slow moving on the Great North Road approaching the Black Hat Roundabout and the M1's looking very heavy at the moment on camera heading southbound between Junction 11 at Dunstable Road and Junction 10 at Folluton Airport. Slow moving on the M25 heading anti-clockwise between Junction 21A for St Albans and Junction 15, the M4. The A414's looking slow at the Park Street Roundabout and take a look at the trains, everything's running well. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Thank you, Nicola. That's it, that's your lot. I mentioned the podcast. You can get it by going to the Three Counties website, or if you go to iTunes and type in Ian Lee BBC, it pops up a new one every week. JVS is up next from me, Kelly, Catherine, and Just. We'll be back tomorrow at six. Ta-ta. <laughs> Local and vocal across
1: beds,
3: hearts and bucks.
13: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock and on today's big phone-in. Do you think we need more women doing the top jobs? The news front pages are split this morning between the cabinet reshuffle that's...